Fantasy Universe. Welcome to another episode of Combo Characters. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. As always, I've got my gracious co-host, Chris, the uncontested creator, Gossidis. Oh, what's up, man? Soundy as Soundy. well. Soundy. Don't get it twisted. This is Flowers for Algernon. I'm convinced. Uh, my son has let me down multiple times. Um... Uh, I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it to go sideways. Beautiful, Soundy. Oh, he's he's so ready. You know, he's pumped just like we are because, oh man, do we have a lot to cover in this episode? We're, this is our San Diego Comic Con episode. We're gonna cover all the all the big news that came out of, out of San Diego this year. A lot of the trailers: uh, Shazam, Aquaman, Teen Titans, uh, the the TV show, I guess, Glass, Godzilla, Predator. We're going to cover the Teen Titans Go, the movies movie review. Oh, We're going to oh do God. that. There's oh. <laughs> so many things. The Fox uh, the Fox merger, the Fox-Disney merger is going to happen. We're going to talk about that. We've got stuff on the publishing side. For reals, we have two different topics about the publishing side of comic books. It is happening. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. We've got animated film news. We have Casting Corner. It's oh my God. so, so much. Let's get rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Toby. We're all excited. <laughs> but let's, let's, uh, you know what? Let's start this particular episode with a callback. We did our first ever emergency, emergency podcast. Uh, we actually brought oh, yeah. in OG original co-host Ignacio came in we did three-man pod loved doing that by the way uh we did a little a little 35 40 minute thing if you haven't heard it hit it up on soundcloud and itunes while you're there go ahead and give us a review five stars please um but we talked about the firing of james gunn by disney and and knee-jerk reaction yeah uh since then uh we they actually the cast the primary cast of guardians has come together and they, they wrote a letter in response to this firing. And, Chris, I believe you do have it there. Right here. All right. So for listeners out there that haven't had a chance to read the letter, peruse it, we did post it up on our Facebook page over at uh, facebook.com forward slash kneel before pod or just simply search combo characters and you'll find us. But we posted it up there. But we're going to go ahead and, and Chris is going to read that real quick. Yep. And then we'll give it's our like- thoughts. It's going to be the Audible version. Uh, proud sponsor of the podcast. There we go. We'll get them one of these days. <laughs> Jeff Bezos has got money to throw, for sure. He's not paying any taxes anyway, so let's... Anyway. You, you realize if, if Bezos gives us money, that means he owns us. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> no, us. Like, our corporeal selves. That's also okay. Okay. All right. Now just, all right. As long as we're on board. Same page, man. You just remember uh, okay. what you signed when you came onto the podcast. That was part of the deal. I mean, I, I remember there was blood involved, Yeah, which is so. really weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. probably fine. It's fine. It's fine. Thought we are in trouble there. Uh, <laughs> but it's fine. So this is an open letter from the cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy. To our fans and friends, we fully support James Gunn. Ooh, strong statement to begin with. Uh, we were all shocked by his abrupt firing last week and have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen, and discuss. In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as director of Volume 3, as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. Being in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies has been a great honor in each of our lives. We cannot let this moment pass without expressing love, support, and gratitude for James. We are not here to defend his jokes of many years ago, 
but rather to share our experience, having, having spent many years together on set making Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. The character he has shown in the wake of his firing is consistent with the man that he, uh, he was every day on set, and his apology now and from years ago when he first addressed these remarks, uh, we believe is from the heart, a heart we all know, trust, and love. In casting, of us, in, in casting each of us to help him tell the story of misfits who find redemption, he changed our lives forever. We believe the theme of redemption has never been more relevant than now. Each of us looks forward to working with our friend James again in the future. His story isn't over, not by a long shot. There's little due process in the court of public opinion. James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. Given the growing political divide in the country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue, although we hope Americans across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. It is our hope that we have uh, we have transpired. Uh, it is our hope that what has transpired can serve as an example for all of us to realize the enormous responsibility we have to ourselves and to each other regarding the use of our written words when we etch them in the digital stone. That we as a society may learn from this experience and in the future will think twice before we decide what we want to express, and so learning perhaps can harness this capability to help and heal instead of hurting each other. Thank you for taking the time to read our words or have them read to you uh the guardians of the galaxy signed by all the principal members yeah, all of them all of them uh yeah thank you chris for that no problem so i i mean just a note for note great response um you know i don't know i don't believe all of the actors are covered by the same agency like talent agency in fact mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that they're not um they also risk, I mean, I mean, maybe not, maybe they don't, but the entire cast as a whole, they're, they've got contracts with Disney, right, to do these films, to be in the MCU. <laughs> so for them to all unite like this and come together and say, hey, you know, we need, you, you need to reconsider this, and, and here's why. That's a bit of a step, because in Hollywood, especially in, in the age, and this isn't a bad thing or anything, but in the age of the Me Too movement, in the age of, of Hollywood specifically, tr- like trying to be more conscientious about all of these things, um, holding people uh, accountable. Like, again, we talked about in the emergency pod, but people like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, they become pariahs where nobody is defending them mm-hmm. and, and everybody is, is clawing over each other to get away. Here we have, in, with an instance with James Gunn, completely the opposite. All of these, you know, uh, Chris Pratt, you know, uh, Batista, uh, Karen Gillian, these are these are up-and-coming, if not well-established stars already, and for them to attach themselves more strongly, more firmly to James Gunn in this instance says a lot to me. What are your yeah. thoughts on the letter? No, I mean, it was, uh, I think it was really well put together. It was really well thought out. I mean, like I said, they had 10 days to, to think about that. Um, I know that Zoe Saldana and um, I think Karen Gillian, then they might have come on like Twitter and said like, hey, we need some time to think about it. We're, we'll make an official statement later. Um, I think Chris Pratt also put up some like Bible verse about, yeah. about like not being quick to judgment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of heartwarming. I mean – Movies are a business, right? I mean, each movie, each individual movie, and even if they're sequels, are, are a business. And they kind of come together. They're, you know, uh, amassed for a little brief period of time, and then they get dispersed until it's time to market them again. Um, it's great to see these uh, actors kind of coming together as an actual team. Like yeah, almost movie. like a family. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it really does say something to like what they were able to make. Uh, their narrative kind of carried over to real life. Right. The characters, right? They're these rambunctious upstarts that are you know, a bit of a mess. And it's all about it's all about redemption for the guardians and bit of bad, bit of good, and little now, bit of both. Right, and that's that's James Gunn, right? Isn't that who he is? A little bit of bad, maybe earlier in his life and earlier in his career. A little bit of good more recently, you know, yeah. a little bit of both. And uh, you know, it's one thing I talked to Ig off the air after, and uh, and we've talked about it too. I really do like how her emergency podcast turned out, but I think we all sort of had the same reaction a couple of days later, which was, I almost feel like we should have spoken a little more out against the knee jerk reaction of him being Mm -hmm. fired to begin with. We sort of talked about it in a business sense and why they had to do what they did, but we didn't really talk about the knee jerk reaction aspect of it. And um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I've already started to see articles pop up here and there in like business um, websites where they're talking about Disney now being in a spot, you know, where they're Hmm. in a they're in a they have a difficult decision to make. Yeah. Well, to me, it kind of read like they made a decision that uh, a lesser company would make because this is like, you know, somebody who's like completely profit minded. They're Disney. They have no <laughs> profit. They make profit left and right. It that's not a that's not a you know the end game to them. It's kind of yeah. like building the brand and all that. Um, I don't know. I, it, it seems like they made the wrong choice. Yeah, that's good. Okay, but here's the thing, right? And and, and this is something I really want to stress to, to anybody and everyone out there that's having discourse regarding the James Gunn situation. I think that's great. And I think I think the Guardians. I'm going to call them that. I'm just going to call the cast the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Great, great eloquent point about taking time and being patient, thinking things through, and then coming to an understanding about how you really feel about something. That's so important. That's such an undervalued thing nowadays in the year 2018, in the age of Twitter, in the age of social media, in the age of instant gratification that we live in. It's, It's amazing how much more you can accomplish if you just take a little bit of time to stop and think. Yeah, and inform yourself, and then also just really get to the core of how you actually feel about something. I mean, if, if Sylvester Stallone talks nothing, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're talking, uh, you're not listening. You gotta, gotta listen. Jesus. Oh man, just Saudi being at full strength is really, uh, really turned turned a corner I, here for the podcast. I, I doubt that he actually made a sound. Uh, um, no, he did. Look- Cast back, and I'm gonna be very uh, incensed. Um, good. The, okay, so here's the thing about here's, here's the thing about I, 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 great point though. Here's the thing about the decision. They can always make a different one later. They can always course correct if they want to. They can bring him back. They can bring him back in a consultant uh, capacity at somewhere, and then just slowly edge him in. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think our favorite solution was that you know just put Sean Sean Gun right, just name <laughs> Sean Gun as director. You know, but just just constantly on the Bluetooth. Get like, the Bluetooth no, don't worry about there. it. Get I'm, the, I'm on a call. Yeah, get the Ankler Bluetooth. Get like a nice quality, <laughs> a Bose, whatever. Just get something that's going to work. sponsor. Oh, Jesus, dude. So Bose is, if Bose wants to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> let me know. Okay, I will give them my address immediately um but yeah so we'll see uh, but hopefully 
like they said, like the Guardian said, this is not the end of James Gunn's story. So I, I just, I, I feel like at the end of the day, he's going to come back in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, I hope so, personally. Uh, if you, I mean, and for the listeners out there that disagree and, and think he should be completely shut out, that's fine. You're more than welcome to that opinion. This is just my personal opinion. Um, I th- I just think this is a different thing. I think it's not black and white, and I think you have to look at everything that uh, that comes along with who he is as a person and, and under the circumstances in which the, these tweets happened and whatnot. Yep. Disney has other fish to fry, though. They've got so much on their plate right now. Maybe, Did you may- hear that segue, True Believers? Maybe they don't. <laughs> Maybe they don't even care about this James Gunn situation right now, and maybe they shouldn't, because they got billions on the table right now. All right, they billions. Got, they got billions upon billions. Here comes the money. Oh yeah. Here we go. Money talk. Bring bring out the bring truck. The Fox Disney acquisition finally went through with the vote. By the way, by the way, bit of a flex here. You can thank your friendly neighborhood podcaster. Alfie. Oh, no. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, no. I got to vote on that proxy. I got to proxy vote on the acquisition. I voted resounding yes because I'm a damn fanboy and I want to see Marvel. Blew it all up, man. Yeah, blew it up. I want to see Marvel. I want to see them play with all their characters. Marvel Studios get to play with all the characters. It's going to create a monopoly in terms of the entertainment industry. It's probably going to be <laughs> bad news for all of us long term. Isn't that 40% of movie <laughs> movies being made? Like, maybe, you know, do you have that Kanye drop? Like, no one studio should have all that power, but like... Oh. <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, I have this I one. the old Kanye. Straight from the gold Kanye. Okay, I mean, that's applicable <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's, it's just I good. don't understand it, bro! <laughs> it could be problematic moving forward. It really could. Uh, I'm talking like five, ten years down the line. This is this could be a thing. This could be a problem. But for, for the purposes of this podcast, which is a comic book-centric podcast, this is amazing news. Because that means Silver Surfer, Galactus, X-Men, Fantastic Four, all get to join the MCU. It's it's not if, it's when. These things are going to happen. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. I mean, I hate to Jeff Globloom it, but it's almost, you know, they didn't, they were so fascinated with whether or not they could. They didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Um, and I'm all on board with it, too. Like, yeah. I, I think it'd be amazing if uh, X-Men play a role. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, but in Avengers 4... Yeah. If uh, X Men somehow end up coming through and like, uh, oh, you guys need help, uh, bub. Okay. Right. That's <laughs> nice. Like you don't even see them, right? You just you just hear them off screen, or you see like you see like an arm, like in the corner of the of the frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a shadow, what? like a silhouette. Jesus, dude! If you just heard the '90s uh, X Men cartoon music. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Um. That would be enough. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's what I've heard. All right, I have no credible source on this yet. Ooh, speculation. Yeah, this is more speculation than anything. So don't, don't, guys, don't nail me down on this one. But I'm gonna throw it out here anyway. Supposedly that Eternals movie that's gonna be happening somewhere down the line, Eternals, that's going to be the vehicle in which they bring up mutants. 
and and the mutant genes and all of that stuff. Okay. And that's going to be the segue sort of into X-Men. Uh, now, this is a good, I want to say, four years from now. Uh, the two properties that are being bandied about at the moment coming over first, I guess you could say, into the MCU would be mm-hmm. Silver Surfer and Galactus. Which begs the question, do Silver Surfer and Galactus show up at a bumper teaser post-credits Avengers 4? Oh, man, just watching from the sidelines? Like, oh, shit, they actually beat Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what. Because, like, okay, for those, I mean, I don't know how familiar everyone is with Silver Surfer, but let's let's do a little bit of comics planning right now. Silver Surfer originally <laughs> is the herald of Galactus, right? He's like, he's basically like a scout. He goes out, he finds the planets, and he's like, all right, Galactus, you can eat this planet, you can eat this planet, don't eat this planet, it's going to give you indigestion. Oh, he's like Chaucer for Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Oh, yes! Nightsdale <laughs> reference! Always! Always! Every time. You've been weighed and you've been measured, sir. You've been found wanting. You've been found wanting. Uh, but that's who Silver Surfer is initially, right? So that it's, yeah, even what you just said could easily happen. It could be a yeah. thing where you, maybe you just see, maybe Gala- or maybe uh, Thanos is, is beaten on um, on Titan or wherever, right? And the final frame is the camera just pans out further and further from Titan. Into mm-hmm. space, into space, into space, into space. Oh, and no. then you just see, and again, in the corner of the frame, just like a shoulder, like a neckline and like the back of someone's head and like a shoulder and maybe an arm. And it's just glimmering like silver. And yeah. That, and that's it. Oh, oh. <laughs> when am I going to get to work for Marvel Studios? I love trying to think of this stuff. This is fun. I mean, I'm I, Faggy. I know you're listening. I'll take sixty percent of whatever Al's going to make. Damn um, it. I'm undercutting. I'm coming in like that. I'm trying to get us a dual deal, man. Oh, I mean, if that's the case, I'll take fifty percent. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, any 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 thoughts? I mean, it's finally a thing. It's just done. It's going to take forever, but like. What's does the positive outweigh the negative here for you? I think so. Um, I mean, to quote Agent Smith, it was inevitable. Um, it's <laughs> it was a long time coming. It feels like Disney has so much momentum, um, business wise, and just like they have clout, like at the move at the box office. Like, um, God, Jesus, they're a huge name. That that stock you have in Disney, I, I don't know, dude. Uh, that's gold dust now. Oh but... no! I'm. By the way, guys, used to be a financial advisor. Just like if you, can, it's it's getting more expensive, right? But like, if you can get in on Disney now, do it. Because here's the thing: it's gonna be like them and Amazon in like 15 years. That's it. Those are gonna be the only two companies. <laughs> two so. companies. I'm just want... waiting. I'm just waiting for New Line Cinema to get in their get in the bag and come out there like the you know with an attitude, coming out there throwing like middle fingers, maybe pounding some brews, and fucking come through. <laughs> get with the Valiant verse, man. Exo Manowar, where you at? Hey, man. You know they got that Vin Diesel. He's he's attached to the uh, what was it? Um, Bloodsport or Blood? Blood? Not Bloodsport. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. 
Oh, Bloodshot. Right. So, you know, hey, but where is it, man? You know, bring it. You got to bring it. You can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Just bring it. Um, so we may already have our first casualties of this merger, which is <laughs> crazy because it just <laughs> happened. It just it's like happened. Thanos' a snap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why is no has no one made that meme yet? Chris, you should have made that meme. Gonna make that meme, dude. Gotta make that meme, man. We're gonna be, yeah, we, could be we could be meme millionaires, you know, because everyone makes so much money with the memes, <laughs> right? That's how the internet works. Uh, <laughs> so, New Mutants and X Men: Dark Phoenix have both been in reshoots. They've been mired with controversy, uh, with issues in production. And on the heels of this of this acquisition, there was somebody, quote unquote, working for Fox that Uh-oh. said that once this thing happens, within forty eight hours, they're gonna announce that both of these movies are completely shelved and that they're oh, not no. coming out. <laughs> Definitely. Look, Disney does Disney does not want to lose that streak, all right? They've got like twenty films in a row that debut at number one. You can't you can't throw shit out there if it's not going to debut. Number one, they got a they got reputation to yeah. to deal with now to worry about. But here's the thing: it's been it's been more than forty eight hours uh, so far. No announcement. I read something just before coming on the podcast that said that they were still going to go forward with the reshoots as is, and then determine what they're going to do after that. So it's not a definite. Oh, oh they that- punted. They're not saying it is going to happen or isn't going to happen. But here's, <laughs> they, de- they definitely punted, dude. There's a lot of money already invested in both of these films and properties. Yeah. But, you know, um, we did. I, I think I yeah. think it's kind of like um, they lose a lot of ground. You're right. If, if you put a Marvel Studios badge on it, that's a lot of expectations. you got to get that number one spot now because there's a crazy streak going. You're right. Just have a, you know... Have a Marvel Knights or Marvel Dark or whatever the fuck kind of yeah. label. Almost like an indie Introduce label. Introduce it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think because it seems like it's hard. It's hard to tell. This is one of those instances where I definitely want to talk to like one of my other friends that's not a comic nerd that doesn't see all the Marvel films and, and whatnot. Because I wonder what the general public thinks or knows about any of this because let's say let's say those x-men let's say x-men dark phoenix comes out um next year right mm-hmm. and let's say new Mutants comes out next year um i think dark phoenix is supposed to come out this year actually the end of this year but anyway let's just say they both come out like in the next six to eight months even though technically disney owns fox at that point they don't have to brand it that way they could just leave it as a yeah. 20th century fox you know release is 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 Joe Blow and and Jane American gonna know? <laughs> if it's Joe Blow, isn't it Jane suck? Okay, I don't know, man. I you know I mean, just conversely. Well, I, just... Golly, golly, dude. <laughs> uh, they, last vote just uh, went viral. I knew, it. I knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> do they care? Does anyone like if you don't draw attention to it? Does anyone even notice? Uh, of course, like the trade mags and stuff are going to talk about it, and the geeks and nerds are going to like, you know, oh my god, look, Disney, Disney picked up those Fox things and they couldn't make wow. them good. They were still really bad. Wow, wow, I feel personally attacked. That's uh, 
I mean, that's how I normally sound anyway. So. <laughs> um, we do wonders with the mix, guys. Yeah. Just say no. It's a lot believers. of work. It's a lot of work. Now I'm always talking about all the editing. That's, that's a big part of it. <laughs> behind the curtain. Behind the mic, guys. Behind the mic. Uh, yes. What, what do you think they do? What do you think Disney does? What would you no, do? I- yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you got to keep that 20th Century Fox kind of moniker, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's a label that has like aliens attached to it. Yeah. That has like a oh okay aliens three attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you're gonna go in the other way with it. See, I was gonna say that yeah, you got to keep that label because these films weren't grown in house. They're right. not Marvel Studios films. Right. So yeah, of course, keep the 20th Century Fox label on them. Don't make it an MCU film. Yeah. I, I think the the, go, the going theory on this though is that um, Marvel, I mean Disney, acquired Fox, the 20th Century Fox, just to acquire the rights to A New Hope. Uh, that, that shout out to Dan, shout out to my brother. He he knows that uh, <laughs> they bought Lucasfilm, but the rights to A New Hope was still 20th Century Fox. So that's that's all for the a future Blu-ray release of like the the standard definition version. The oh, no do, do I talk no about special this effects. Did I talk about this? I bought on eBay for sixty dollars. I got the trilogy despecialized. Yeah, painstaking hard work that went into making these things. They are amazing. Like, they use a Canadian HD broadcast version, right? It's like I don't even know what they did. They got like original film. Sourced for like, somebody. I think somebody 80%. broke into Lucasfilm. Somebody. It's <laughs> nuts, man, and it looks amazing, and it sounds amazing. And there's like thirty commentary tracks for each movie, and there's just a ton of extra features. I almost, I might, I might actually try to reach out to the group that made these and see if I can either get them to give me like a press release of some sort so I can talk about it more, or I can interview them. Maybe we can get them on the show. Like, cause it's, it's, I. I don't know if I've ever been this impressed by any fan made anything mm-hmm. and it's, it's really tremendous, but yeah, you're right. Now that Disney in effect has the rights, they can do that. They can make their own release. I remember very famously, uh, uh I almost called him, I almost called him James Scott. George Lucas said <laughs> that that was never going to happen. That the, that the original star Wars trilogy without any changes were never going to be released. But guess what? Now he don't know none of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like that little girl meme. She's like, my mama said, my mama said all the changes you made were bad. So we're going to watch the original ones. Oh, what do you, do you think that uh, when he watches like a, a, a Blu-ray release in the future, he'd be like, um, somebody touch my spaghetti. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I've never heard that before, but yes. No, that meme's dead already. I haven't seen that meme posted in like six months. So <laughs> topical here at True Believers. Uh, all right. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll we'll keep tabs, of course, of the acquisition moving forward. What it means on the movie side, what it means, you know, everywhere else. Yeah, this could be. You know, honestly, they could make an Avengers versus Aliens film if they want. Wow! Wow! I'm just like that. That just came. All like, right, just, who you got? Who you got? You got three Avengers going up against uh, uh, one uh, one alien. Uh, who, 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 okay, well, okay, wait, 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 wait. First of all, that's not the nature of aliens. Aliens is no, 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 like no, 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 just one. One managed to slip through somehow. Okay, uh, but it's like Hawkeye, Black Widow, Xenomorph, Xenomorph. Yeah, we well, got one Xenomorph. How many Avengers equivalent do you think one Xenomorph is? What? Well, it depends on the Avenger. 
Uh, this is a good question. Is like, it one Iron Man? Is it a Black Widow? I think uh, Falcon, one. I think uh, one Iron Man could take out one Xenomorph. I don't know that one Black Widow or one Hawkeye or one Falcon could necessarily take out a Xenomorph. We. Mm. This is a topic for a future episode. We will definitely get back at this. Also, listeners out there, let us know who do you want to hear, or I'm sorry, who do you want to see uh, in this hypothetical 20th Century Fox property meshing in with the MCU free-for-all like what do you what do you guys want to see we'll definitely talk about that in a future episode that's that's too juicy it's too good you know what else is too good uh-oh uh-oh ghost spider mm. oh mm-hmm. oh no oh that's where it went okay mm. ghost spider yeah that's the sound of freddy getting excited i am so excited so for those that don't know a little more comic explaining about to happen <laughs> Wow, 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 there's a lot. You're not, you're not, you're not done. You're not there's, done. There's a lot more still happening. <laughs> Ghost Spider is the new branded name for Spider-Gwen. So, you know, we were we talked about this before, uh, where it seemed like they were canceling Spider-Gwen. They were canceling Miles Morales' Spider-Man. It's like, oh, no, no, what's happening? Like, all my favorite stuff, it's going away. It's been Thanos snapped right out of existence. <laughs> but... Now, not only is Gwen coming back, she's coming back with a new moniker, a new nickname, a new superhero code name. I think they're bringing her into the Marvel Universe proper. Wow. So that's going to open up a ton of, uh, of narrative, of stories that you could tell. That's going to be really cool. Uh, of course, everyone's, you know, the thing is, and here's the thing, the internet... As always, he's divided. It is divided. It is Charlton Heston. It's parting the Red Sea. Uh, <laughs> it is It is advocating for the NRA, uh, unnecessarily so. And, because and then there's also parts of it that are... Smoke weed every day! <laughs> Look, the, uh, the internet is undefeated. So, Ghost <laughs> Spider, people are divided. Is this a good name or is this a bad name? A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people see why it might be necessary. Because she's going to be in this Marvel Uprising animated show. She's going to have her own comic again. She's going to uh, mingle and inter interlock. Whoa. Whoa. She's trying to throw a Blade Runner at you there. Whoa. Marvel Knights. Uh, yeah, but like she's going to be out there. So you can't be calling her Spider-Gwen. Because then like you're tipping your hand a bit. Like, okay, well, now I just need to find, let's see, that definitely looks like a female. All right, so female, uh, you know, maybe about this height, this weight, and name Gwen. So let's just start looking for Gwens, everybody. <laughs> Are there any Gwens that miss their classes or work a lot, just at the drop of a hat? Do they look really tired and sleepy all the time? That's probably <laughs> Spider-Gwen, then. You found I mean... It. I mean, realistically, though, she's kind of dead in that universe, <laughs> so shouldn't she still be Spider-Gwen? I guess no one would think she was Gwen Stacy. Yeah, right? I mean, like... the, the the kind of resulted in a... Oh, no. oh, I don't know. Oh, sorry to stay on track. Um, but yeah, I get, so I, I get the name change. I do personally like Spider-Gwen more. I think Ghost Spider sounds a little weird. But I get why they had to change it. And they do kind of keep the 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 initials, right? The Gwen Stacy G esque yeah. spider. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're not as is, uh, you know, like aggressively attached to it as I am. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's not a runaways character, I guess. So I'm not aggressively attached yeah. to it like you are. Um, 
I think that it would have been better if they kept it, if they named her uh, Spider Woman. Oh God, that again. Yeah. Oh. Spider Woman. I don't like it. <laughs> it's so wrong. Oh. 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 Like no joke. I'm being totally serious here. My mouth yeah. just got so dry. Spider like, Woman. Oh. oh, stop. I mean, it, it ends. It begins and ends. Woman, like it, you, you can make it with Spider Gwen. Mm. Mm. No. <laughs> you know what? The only way I would accept Spider Woman is if Marvel yeah. did a "What if we changed Spider Gwen's name to Spider Woman?" Oh no! Comic book. That's another. That's another segue. True believers. So. We told you we're going to bring you some publishing news. We already did it with the Ghostbuster thing. We're hitting you with a combo. One, two, combo. Marvel's bringing back What If? What If? So What If is a comic book series that originally started in the 70s and has had different iterations over the years. But what it is is basically they they had uh, Marvel writers, new artists and writers, uh, instead of giving them like a, 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 like a main character or a title character, they would give them like one issue to tell a story to see if they had the chops to, you know, kind of do this in the industry. And they would do like, um, you know, what if, uh, what if Wolverine joined the Avengers or what if, what if the Avengers never found Captain America? Ooh. You know, so what would have happened? And they're usually like one or maybe two part comic stories, two issue stories. They're really cool. There's a lot of great stuff. And it, they really paid off. They were sort of like the first comic fan service because the more you were into reading whatever was actually going on in the comic books, the more you got all of the changes that happened in these what ifs. Mm-hmm. And and um, so they're coming back with a limited series. The first issue is going to feature Spider-Man, uh, I think, basically becoming the Punisher. Yeah. So. Oh shit! Oh my god! I'm so immediately in. <laughs> that's pretty nuts. And my question is: Is like, are we talking like adult Spider-Man, or is it like teenage Spider-Man? Like, what is? There's a lot of questions, and uh, I I don't see how this doesn't take off. I I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. What is it thoughts? just Spider-Man not giving a shit about killing people anymore? Yeah, Everybody gets the Gwen Stacy treatment. Ooh. I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> I don't think Bonesaw will be ready if <laughs> Peter's packing a couple of nines, you know, like. <laughs> That's amazing! Holy shit! Oh, and Uncle Ben's still alive somehow. He's like, he's not mad at him, champ. He's just disappointed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I will, we'll definitely, I think every, you know, for those listeners that have been with us for a while, we do randomly try to pick out certain issues of things and we both will read them. That way we can give like a review or thoughts. Uh, we, I think this is definitely one that we're going to do uh, that for with the, with the, the Marvel What If whenever that pops up. I mean, out, not, not for nothing. We do, we do frequent our local comic book shop, uh, shops. So. Yeah, we do. We are, we are supporting the publishing side too. We do. We do. Uh, but yeah, so when that issue comes out, I think it's pretty safe to say that we we're gonna, we're definitely gonna take a look at it and yep. and give you guys our thoughts and see what happens. Man, do you think it'd be it, it'll go as crazy as Neil Gaiman's kind of like uh, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? Yeah, well, see, and that's yeah, the, 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 one that's a great story. Uh, 
DC does what's called Elseworlds, right? Which is their mm-hmm. version of what if. It's like these kind of offshoot, one-off, one-shot stories where they do these really cool things. Like even Flashpoint, in a way, was a bit of a, a what if. Uh, the Neil Gaiman thing was great. I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that far. It, Them, they it, should. it also depends on what talent they get, you know? Because like yeah. I said before, uh, occasionally they would get some of the main writers at the time, like a Chris Claremont. Um, mm-hmm. I think a, I think Frank Miller might have done one or two of them. So they did get some of the heavy hitters to do issues, but predominantly it was for artists and writers that weren't as well-known. You know, to kind of okay. to kind of play around yeah. a little bit. Anything, anything that can inject a little bit of fun into the publishing side, I definitely, think this will do. Definitely needs to happen. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, okay. I have no segue for this, but we did say we're going to talk about this, and I know you guys are thinking, uh, you listeners out there, are like, okay, wait, guys, they all haven't even talked about San Diego Comic Con. It's like you, it's like it didn't even happen. It's like it's like a thing, you know, that you didn't even pay attention to. Well, we did. Okay, but we're not yeah. there yet. We're not there yet. We still that's have... a heavy accu- one. That's a heavy accusation. Mm-hmm. Uh, calm down. Slow uh-huh. the roll. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Oh shit! Nah. Can't stop. Won't stop. Oh. I, I don't know, Lucio. That's uh, okay. Uh, we still have to cover a movie that I think at least five million people saw. <laughs> if I did my math correctly. <laughs> It's a lot of people. It's a good amount of people. I'm of course tickets not... cost more than two dollars, dude. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> My math is way off. <laughs> a movie that at least one million people saw. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Teen Titans go to the movies. That came out recently this la- this past weekend, and guess what? We both saw it. This was not a Punisher Netflix. Scenario. This oh. <laughs> is not a solo scenario. Okay, movie came out. Boom, we saw it. Like a couple of uh, you know, real uh, real go getters, huh? Like a couple Ooh-wee. of we, like a couple of guys that like talking about comic stuff on a podcast, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it real good. Like yeah, that. real professionalism, man. Real, Come on, real profesh. Uh, yeah. So we saw the movie, Chris. Yeah. Flashback versus yeah. Teen Titans Go to the movies. What <laughs> happened in Teen Titans Go to the movies from the perspective of Jade Wilson? Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I was like, please don't make me do a rap song. Please don't make me do a rap song. All right. Uh, good. Jade Wilson. I can. I, can, I think I can do that. Uh, By the way, spoilers because so, okay. we're not going to not spoil this. Yeah. You know what it was when you signed up. Come on. That spoilers are plenty here. Um so, uh, Jade Wilson, she's got a bunch of movie making potential. Yeah. She's the only, she's the Zack Snyder of the, in this universe. She makes all the superhero movies, but she makes them well. Uh, well she has the Zack Snyder. <laughs> 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 all right, no, continue. <laughs> Where you at, Junkie XL? Oh, Fuck no. you. Oh no. <laughs> all right, continue. That's fired. Anybody can get it. Um. Anyway, uh, she actually has the superheroes themselves play themselves in the movies. It's it's win win. It's a low overhead. uh, Pass the savings on to you, the viewing public. Yeah, they don't pay for that production. Uh, Some little upstart Robin wants to make a movie about himself. Uh, Okay, I mean maybe after Alfred. 
uh, the butler. Gets oh, yeah, the definitely gonna talk about that. Yeah. Maybe after the car gets the movie. What about the belt? Uh, the, the utility belt. I forgot about the utility belt. <laughs> the utility belt comes in clutch. Batman wouldn't have survived the sixties if it wasn't for that utility belt. That's true. So best recognize. Um, Robin. I mean, there's like four or five of them. How many, how many of them are there? Is he hit a prime number yet? Um, anyway, if you get a major villain, if you get somebody, an arch nemesis, then maybe you can be, uh, maybe you can be movie with star potential and just laid, uh, <laughs> that's Deathstroke, uh, to the comic book readers, but, um, Slade Wait, is different version. Yeah. Deadpool. Pretty much. He's got two katanas. Uh, <laughs> he wears a mask. He came first though. <laughs> Deadpool should be calling himself Slade. Or Deathstroke. I mean, uh, Deadpool's just a considerate lover. I guess Slade did come first, you're right. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> through a bunch of like uh, resets and uh, songs and stuff and dream sequences, the Teen Titans actually do manage to make an impression on Jade Wilson. And she does offer Robin his own movie, uh, as long as the other Teen Titans kind of, you know, fuck off and do, you know, go do something else. Stop bothering us. It's just me and Robin. Turns out Slade again. Slade. Uh, Slade is all part of his mind manipulation. Uh, to try and get... I had a lot more fun in this movie than I thought I would. Look, guys, if y'all are wondering why we're like losing our shit, you gotta see this movie. It's, it's insane. It's insane. It's like it does. We are not the overselling this movie. <laughs> nice. Um... Got that star power syntax down. <laughs> Just gave me some muscle. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Slade seems of one. He's got the MacGuffin thing that they kind of self-reference at the beginning of the movie. Um, he's going to take over the world by (laughs) blasting this Robin movie to out to everybody, hypnotizing them, kind of like, uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler. Um, is that the same thing? <laughs> but the other two Titans, they made a movie. That's a callback. Uh, they made a whole movie about Robin. They wanted him, they love him so much. They want to give him his own movie. They made a VHS set tape, which is kind of like, you know, it's a stretch. That, that might be the most improbable thing in this movie. Uh, yeah, they would have made, they made like a VHS? YouTube video or something, right? Yeah, for real. They would have shot on their iPhone or on Cyborg's eye. Come on. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're able to get him out of the, to get him out of his own mind control and have Robin team up with him. They beat Slade. Slade. Um, <laughs> it turns out we were watching the Teen Titans go to the movies movie all along. So Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Uh, roll a, the credits. Get a ton of cameos from uh, all the other superheroes. Not like necessarily mm. like voices or anything, but like we get oh, a fuck. lot of. There's Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex is there. Challengers of the Unknown uh, that we'll touch on in a bit. There's the Atom, like basically <laughs> shitty Ant Man. Um, there's... there's Hawkman. Uh, isn't that his name? Yeah, Hawkman. Hawkman eating fish like a hawk would. Yeah, like pre- like perched like a hawk. Like just... yeah. <laughs> um, there's a we get to see the unfilmed sequel to Donna Justice. Oh yeah. Uh, Golly, there's so much. And, 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 least we forget, maybe the best thing about the movie, the post-credit sequence. We get, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to stop there. Chris, tell the listeners about the post-credit sequence, please. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. 
imagine a world. Uh, so mid credit sequence is actually what I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, I guess it's um, mid credit. Yeah, it's a uh, like this. You know, there's credits rolling, um, but then the screen kind of crackles. And there's digital kind of like uh, uh, I guess interference going yeah, on. Interference. Yeah, and then uh, it's Robin's voice, and he's like, "Hello, can you hear us?" or something like that. And then he goes like, "I think I think we found a way back." And then you see the Teen Titans from the original uh, Cartoon Network series. Uh, and all their uh, character kind of like, yeah, it's fully them. If there's not Teen Titans Go, it's just the Teen Titans. They're back, baby. Uh, they found a way back if you go see this movie. So fucking go see this movie. Right. So that is true. Like, apparently they threw that in there. Uh, and if this movie does well enough, by the way, first weekend, 10 million, not bad. They were, I think, hoping for 14 million. So just a little under the budget was 10. So I figure like if they could get 20 to 25 total for its full run, I think we're a go. I yeah. think they do it. So uh yeah, even though Movie Pass is shit in the bed right now. Oh, dude, you broke it. I did I break told it. You. I know. I know. Sorry everyone. I we knew this was going to happen, but honestly, I've already, honestly, okay, you're going <laughs> yeah, right, to, I, I already signed up for the Cinemaia membership. Jesus, dude. By the way, anyone out there who's a MoviePass member, look at Cinemaia. You might want to sign up before MoviePass completely uh, uh, shuts down, because then Cinemaia is going to lose a competitor, and they're going to jack their prices up. So you get in now, you get the cheaper price. It's uh, $13.99. Why am I doing this for free? $13.99, you get to see three movies a month. It can be IMAX, can be 4D, can be D-Box. You can get the movie tickets online. You can pre-buy the tickets weeks in advance if you want. Not a bad deal. The money. Here we go. Hit me up, Cinemaia, if you want to sponsor our show. It's all do it. I can do that. Is that the third sponsor of the podcast today? Uh, you know, it's a long episode. We need them sponsor dollars. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, if, if everyone sees this movie, if people just go and see it, it looks like they're going to make the show. They're going to do a sixth season of the show. Yeah. And yeah, oh, it'd be so good. I mean, that's my, uh, that's my gripe going in. Uh, I'm on record as like saying, hell no, hell no, fuck no, fuck that. I'm not going to go see T9s go to the movies, but, uh, I had a lot more fun than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of songs I, I, in it too. The character designs are definitely different. They're like kind of super deformed if you're up with the anime speak. Like, from, like, a, from like the early. a Dexter's Lab sort of? Yeah. Like a Powerpuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls kind of? It ends up looking clean. Um, they definitely do switch up the animation styles. There's like a dream sequence that Robin has where it's yeah, really kind of cool. like. Yeah. So they had fun with it. They were able to do a lot more stuff with it. Maybe that's why they switched the designs in the first place. Um, the original designs were kind of anime inspired, I thought. And that's why I kind of gravitated toward it to begin with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really intriguing. Like, I hope they, I hope they're able to get some momentum off this to go and, uh, make another season of the original two Titans. All right. So let's take a second here to talk about what, I mean, I, you just kind of just nailed down a bunch of the stuff, but like some of the things we really like. So this actually has like a pretty interesting guest beyond having the actual original Teen Titans slash Teen Titans go voice actors for all of the characters. You bring in a Nicolas Cage as Superman. You Finally, get, you get a Jimmy Kimmel as Batman. What? You get uh, Patton Oswalt as the Atom. <laughs> you get a Will Wheaton as the Flash. So you know they peppered in a few people, you know, here and there. It's, it's a pretty good time. 
uh, one thing I absolutely did not like, and this was probably very Uh-oh. intentional, uh, oh, is uh, they draw a lot of attention to Robin's hands being very small. <laughs> Baby hands. He's got real tiny, uh, tiny hands. And at one point he's gloveless. Oh no. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like a Ren and Stippy nightmare of a hand situation. He's got that Deadpool baby hand going on. It definitely does. Not a fan of it. Uh, Will Arnett, of course, uh, voices Deathstroke. We get, <laughs> believe it or not, true believers, we get a Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at first, he's just kind of in the background being, like, you can see him for sure, and he's being a little bit obnoxious. And you're like, oh, wow, they drew Stan Lee. That's really funny. And then he talks. <laughs> and then he talks some more, and then he talks some Wait more. Wait a minute, he's this is a DC is. film. And uh, so that was really nice. I like that. Uh, of course, the mid credit sequence is amazing. Mm-hmm. Was there, a, there Was there another thing after that? Uh, the only other thing, like when the credits stopped rolling, was another kind of callback to the Challengers of the Unknown oh, being kind of like, stuck in the void. They're uh, still in the void. Yeah. <laughs> to, to begin uh, at the beginning of the movie, like there's a screening for a new movie, a new Batman movie going on. Guardians of the Unknown are taking up four seats, and the Teen Titans want to or Challengers of the Unknown. Challenge them, you know, they're taking up some seats. The Teen Titans want to get some seats, so they kind of like Raven kind of like uh portals them to this the void, right. and uh, <laughs> so they stay for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I guess they don't get out. That's fine. So let's let's take a little quick sidestep. Let's do some more comic explaining with the challenges yeah. of the end. Now, this originally created by Jack Kirby, so just think about like what his aesthetic is in terms of their design and look, but they're essentially a mash. Uh, if you use something a little more contemporary, uh, the X-Files was something back in the, the 50s and 60s, which was uh, Hanna-Barbera's Johnny Quest. They were an adventure mm-hmm. team. Uh, they, they, they dealt with supernatural things, with sci-fi tropes. Uh, at one point, I think they fight like super intelligent dinosaur type creatures. Uh, they did a lot of stuff. They recently brought them back in the New 52, and they did something really interesting. They, they made them essentially reality television stars on a superhero competition show, Hmm. (laughs) which is, you know, I haven't read that series or anything, but that's a pretty interesting conceit uh, for those characters. So, you know, anyone that goes and sees Teen Titans go to the movies, they, they are mentioned several times. If you want to know more about them, check them out, check them out. Uh, what else with this movie? Um, yeah, Stanley cameo. The credit. There's a whole lot going on. There was like a, a they oh. were on the Warner Brothers film lot, and they shouted out like, "Oh, that's where the, Animani- the Animaniacs live." They see the towers where the Animaniacs. They talk about Guardians of the Galaxy at one point. There's <laughs> copious amounts of Deadpool references. I like that they did that. They they really played around with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, and what's her? Um, um, Kristen Bell is the voice of Jade Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right, so from Frozen and um, the Good, good place. place, right? Bad Janet, Good Janet. Uh, so, yeah. Any other final thoughts for Teen Times Go the movies? Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, and that's a guy. That's coming from a guy who hates the property to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah, please check it out. It, it's a fun movie. It's definitely like you said off off air uh, earlier. You said it's it's, it's a kids movie. Yeah, uh, but there's a whole lot of like a. Like nods to that, you know, the comic book fans will understand. By the way, kids movie, but let's this will be the last thing I want to talk about in terms of the movie. Kids, mm-hmm. kids movie. 
has the darkest sequence I think oh, I've seen shit. any superhero film. Hell like yes. puts Logan to shame. <laughs> it also puts Logan to Shane because that oh. movie referenced Shane like ten fucking times. It was basically a sequel. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it puts Logan puts Deadpool, Deadpool two to shame. Darkest moment. Ever, Chris, let the audience. Yeah, you know what? Should we even talk about? It? Just... I, I think we should keep it. A, we should give him a sousant. We should like uh, let, give him wanting more. Um, as it comes apart in the movie where the Teen Titans have to go back. The only the only way they're gonna make a Teen Titans movie or a Robin movie is if there's no other superheroes. Right. So instead of killing all the other superheroes like Raven thinks, they're just gonna go back and like you know stop their creation they stories. They basically from stop happening. their origin stories from happening. And we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> other things happen, and then they have to sort of uh, maybe go back in time again, back to the God. future. Actually, go back to the past. They do the Oh, they do the Back to the Future music. That was in yeah. there. That was yeah. great. Uh, yeah, that's all we're going to say about it. It is like chills. It will give you chills. You'll be it's like. It's worth the price of admission for sure. I laughed so hard at that theater. It's, it's the darkest thing. I'm not even joking. I think it's the darkest thing I've ever seen in any superhero film. <laughs> like, yeah. It's up there. Really yeah, stays with, there. Really stays with you. Good job. Good job, Warner Brothers Animation. But again, again, it's something we've said time and time again. Warner Brothers kills it when it comes to the video games. Yep. When it comes to the publishing side, a lot of their comics are great. The animation is – their animation studio and, and house is fantastic. They're coming out with this new deluxe Death of Superman animated film that looks really cool, and we'll definitely be covering that in a future episode. They killed it with this Teen Times Go the movies. It's good. It's really good. Uh, can we just take some of that magic and talent and just sprinkle it into their live action stuff? You know, maybe 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 they have. Maybe they have. We'll talk about it in San Diego Comic Con portion of the podcast. Maybe maybe Ooh, they teaser. have. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize the magic part. Maybe they did oh. sprinkle a little bit of magic Ooh. into the DC live action. We'll talk about that. All right. Actually, we're not done with this. Thank you. We're not done. That's a perfect uh, segue uh, sound because we are still in the, the DC animated realm. They are going to go forward with one of the most, uh, I think, uh, loved, beloved, and talked about Batman stories of all time, and that's Batman Hush. Batman Batman, hush. Real quiet. It's called hush because he doesn't talk. He doesn't ever say anything. It's real quiet. Everybody get down. It's real quiet. Yeah, it's real quiet. ASMR. (laughs) It's very, very quiet. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, shit. It's not quiet anymore. Wow. What if... (laughs) What if Batman had to face a villain that was essentially like a J-pop star, like a (laughs) K-pop star? Just what is that? What does that look like? Dude, a total reimagining of Ross Al Ghul. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, let's we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get that to another thing. Batman Hush, though, uh, uh, written by Jeff. Loeb. Is it written by Jeff Loeb? I think so. Okay. Wow. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it's written by Jeff Loeb. Uh, art by Jim Lee, and essentially, it's it's a new villainous character in the Batman Rogues Gallery. And you get cameo appearances by Superman. You get some appearances by some of the Justice League. You get the greatest hits of Batman villains. It's a really great story. For anyone who has not read Batman Hush, I highly recommend it. You should definitely check it out. I would read it before watching the animated film. Uh, So 
they don't have a, a firm release date yet, but they're going to make that story arc into an animated film, and I think that's great. It's probably going to be one of their direct-to-video that they do, but they do a really good job with those, so I'm not concerned yeah. there. Um, you know, I think if this does well, I think you look at maybe Batman Nightfall as a possible thing they could do where uh, Bane mm. comes in and breaks his back. Breaks and the bat! Do it, do it, do this, do all of it, do all the good stuff, man. They did Flashpoint already. They did All Star Superman. Just keep it up, uh, Chris. Are you familiar with Batman Hush? Have you have you read that one yet? No, I have not. Mm, okay, it's a good one. It's a real good. Anything one. I should look out for? What would you? I mean, it's just it's like a it's like a twelve issue thing in Batman, mm-hmm. uh, the story. But you can buy it in trade paperback. So I would. Yeah. That's definitely the way to read it. Uh, the art is fantastic. It literally has some of the best, like Batman splash pages I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, Go I, I will add it to the backlog. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> the, the piles, the multiple the piles piled. of uh, yeah. That, yeah, no, it's not piles anymore. It was up to about four piles uh, spread across my desk and my my table, but one short box now. Okay, uh. so that's the beginning. <laughs> that's where it starts. Oh no, that's where the fever. The madness, <laughs> the fever. I don't know. I, I don't remember what he says after that. Something about being British, I think. Tr- Sounds like you're going to a <laughs> dark place, dude. Oddly enough that you say that, we're going to the best place in the world. Oh, no. I'm, Where's of that? course, talking about Casting Corner. Oh, baby. Come sit down. Relax. All your careers led to this. You finally cast in the comic book characters movie. In the casting corner. Alright, so we've talked about Why the Last Man before, and we're really psyched that they're finally moving forward with that uh, that, uh, IP, I guess. We did get word. Pretty big heavy hitter. Pretty big heavy hitter. I'm talking about Martha. <laughs> you know, that's something. Quick, quick aside. We didn't go back to that on the uh, Teen Titans Go movies. They they do show the sequel to to Dawn of Justice where they're like, "What's your mother's name?" Martha. Martha. And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Oh, Wait, okay. what's your father's name? <laughs> Thomas. And like, that's different. Oh, yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan. Bye, bye, bye. Fight, fight, fight. Uh, but Diane Lane, Martha herself. Is going to be in Why the Last Man. Uh, she's going to. I can. I. Ooh, I do apologize. I should have looked this up. She's playing. I guarantee. I. I don't know that they actually said this, but I. I bet buttons to dollars, whatever that means, uh-huh. that she's going to that, play something now. Yorick Brown's mother, uh, who's a congresswoman, and she. Yeah, she's definitely not playing hero. She's. Uh, she plays a very prominent role, and I could definitely see her playing that character. I can't think of her name at the moment. Congresswoman Brown, I think, is what her name is. Uh, yeah, so Diane Lane, though. Heavy hitter. That's awesome. It's a great start. Uh, they have not mentioned who Yorick's going to who's going to play Yorick. I, I don't believe. I think I have it here. Oh, it's, you do? Uh, Barry, uh, Barry Keegan. Okay. Uh, he was in uh, Dunkirk. And, uh, oh, right. Which one of the brown-haired kids, right? Like Yeah, uh, one of them. Uh, he Also, uh, shout out to the overseas True Believers, who's in Ireland's uh, Love and Hate. Okay. Uh, so that's a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do think I know which one he is in Dunkirk. Now that I think about it, the name sounds familiar. Okay. Well, cool. Well, he's, you know, that movie was good. It's just a lot of kids that look the same, but I guess that's the point. That's like a meta oh, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly who he is now. I saw him. I, I seen him on, on the IMDb. There he goes. Well, good for him. 
Good for Diane Lane. We'll give you more Why the Last Man news as we get it. All right. In surprising casting corner news. Really surprising because, uh, spoilers, we've Uh-oh. got a narratively dead scenario here and a real-life dead uh, Jesus, scenario Jesus, dude. Here. That's, I mean, I mean, usually Star Wars news is kind of, but I don't know about this one. <laughs> you got to hit it on the nose. Yeah. Where's, the, uh, where's that Undertaker music? Throw that in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all the way down to use. <laughs> scroll down real quick. Yeah. That's more the speed you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. Here's the weird thing. As you all talk. Right. We all wondered what was going to happen with Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. This is getting too dark. Just... All right. <laughs> all right. All right, Undertaker. Take a, take a break, man. Take a, take a fiver. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God. My God. So cold. Oh, man. It's a real slobber knocker. Uh, 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 Carrie Fisher. We are wondering what was going to happen there. What was going to happen? She was alive at the end of Last Jedi. Uh, clearly, unfortunately, she has passed away in real life, IRL. What were they going to do? Well, it looks like they made a decision because Carrie Fisher is going to come back as Princess Leia in Star Wars Episode Nine. We don't know in what capacity. We don't know in what technology, but it's going to happen. What do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, um, I think I've seen something from JJ that says that they're going to use like um, uh, footage from Episode Seven. Okay. Um, kind of like unused footage that they make the final cut of the movie. Um, they're going to somehow use that footage to put Carrie into Episode Nine. Um, and they said that it was. It's not going to be an all CGI character like uh, Grand Moff Tarkin right. in Rogue One. Uh, Captain, Captain doubt... Uncanny Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You may fire when uncanny. Um, it's uh, I, I I kind of struggle to see how they don't use like a lot of CGI to make that happen. Like also, a, you know, costume change and can stuff. Can I beg a question here? Uh, he said unused footage from episode seven. What about episode eight? Yeah. There's an episode. She's in that movie. Like, yeah, I, are... this is true. Um, maybe they use all the footage they had. Oh no! Oh no! Is this is this the first time that we get of Abrams just totally trying to uh, walk away from the magnificence that was uh, that was uh, Ryan Johnson's take I, I on think, Star Wars? I think what happens next is that uh, Carrie Fisher somehow morphs into a polar bear that's running through a jungle, uh-huh. uh, saying, "You all, everybody." Oh man, and Billy D. Williams hits up with as a as a black smoke monster because of racism. He knows him because he has a cold forty five. No, all right. So that's a bit of the other news. Uh, Billy D. Williams is going to be in it as Lando Calrissian, and and Mark Hamill's back. All you you bitchy whiny fans. What are you talking about? All those fans that were complaining about uh, uh, Luke Skywalker dying. Yeah, Luke didn't have a 12-pack. Uh, he should have saved the whole universe with a snap of his fingers, because that's a thing that happens in Star Wars. Mm. Oh, and the way that I wrote Star Wars, Luke Skywalker gets the sword from Final Fantasy VII? 
He turns <laughs> it into a lightsaber. And then and then he's actually there to see me win the, the baseball tournament because uh, my dad wasn't when I was young. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Was that an uncut scene from Teen Titans Go to the Movies? <laughs> it's that dark. It's that dark, guys. It's that dark. Uh, all right. We digress. Okay, again, fans, it's fine. You can you can have it a different opinion from us. You can be wrong. It's fine. It's no big deal. You can be wrong. It's fine. Cool to be wrong. Um, yeah, but how are you gonna learn if you're not wrong? Mark Hamill's coming back. Uh, is he gonna be a Force Ghost? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I mean, almost assuredly so. Uh, but who knows? Uh, it's cool though. I love Mark Hamill. He's he's awesome. You know, here's the other thing, and maybe it's just the money. Maybe they just give him a ton of money. You know, mm-hmm. but people are like. Ah, well, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill wasn't happy about the way they treated his character, Luke Skywalker, in The Last Jedi. He, that's, you know, he was not happy about it. He's, he's written off Star Wars forever. Yeah, he's written Star Wars off forever or until the next one. Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, he didn't hate it that much. You know, it's cool, but good. That's cool. Like, I'm all for it. I'm all for Hamill being in. I, I wanted, in my heart, I wanted Carrie Fisher to be in this. I just didn't know how they were going to do it. I hope yeah. they do it well. I suspect they will. It's still, uh, you know, a bit trepidatious. Yeah, I mean, the best you can hope is that they'll have some tact and they won't go like a... I mean, they, they definitely have a... Billy, I think is her daughter's name. They definitely have her blessing, so... Yeah, yeah. They've, they've gotten, consulted with the family. They have consulted with the family, and, and you know, and that's... And maybe... And maybe we don't know this, but maybe behind the scenes, the family was pushing for this. Maybe it's something the family really wanted. It's a nice memorial. It's a thing the fans want. I think most people want it. They just want it done well. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like all us DC fans just waiting for a good live action <laughs> film. Uh, we want it. We just want it to be good. Uh, Ability Williams, I think, is going to be great. Uh, you know, you could just throw a bunch of old makeup on on Donald Glover, and I'd be in on that too. I mean, do whatever you want. He's <laughs> good. Uh, oh, the other thing, the other thing, and this is this is what I think is is something uh, very important yeah. to take as we get out of casting corner. This is going to be the last the last iteration of Star Wars in the Skywalker saga. Yep, this is going to close it out, folks. So. Whichever way, whichever side of the fence you're on, if you hate all of these films and you think they're ruining the Skywalker story, this is the last one <laughs> for you to ignore. <laughs> uh, if you're excited about where this universe could go moving forward, that means that they definitely are going to do that, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. That's what I want. Let's get a Denny Villeneuve. Vay- well, I messed up that name. Whoa. Uh, no, this uh, is my favorite segment, uh, unofficial segment on Count of Characters. It's like, <laughs> can't Freddy say this name? Is it, which is it was, it's almost always no. It's almost always a resounding <laughs> no. Uh, Denny Vianu, Vianu. Oh, oh, uh, I'm trying to look for a wrong buzzer. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Get, what is it? What say? What's the guy's the play? Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Whatever. You took French in high school. I man. did. I used to be the guy to speak it for a little second, but I, I just forget what his name is. Is really the problem. Uh, Denis Croquembouche. Uh, Denis Pompomus. Denis Champs Elysees. Denis, Champs- <laughs> <laughs> Denis Le Petit Prince. Um, 
let's let's throw it. Let's give him a movie to do. Okay, from the Star Wars universe. Let's get the Guillermo del Toro out there doing an all aliens or droids film. Aliens and droids. Fuck yes, dude. See him do it. No, Uh, no common, no basic spoken at all. Yeah. Yes. Please let's let's do it. Okay. We have come to the part that many of you have probably been wanting for us to get to this entire hour. Uh, That's right. We've come to NBA talks. So (laughs) the leading headlines for this week in your NBA wrap-up are uh, Clint Capella. Capella. (laughs) The Bucks side guard forward, Pat Connaughton. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Kyrie Irving expects to be 100% for camp, says Boston. Okay, okay, real quick. Just real quick <laughs> aside, I don't know how you managed to pull a Pat Connington out of there, but I used to do... Okay, so here's the thing. Just This has nothing to do with CBC. Sorry, guys. Just real quick. I used to do these unboxing videos on YouTube where I would buy, like, a box of basketball cards, uh-huh. and then I would open the packs, and, like, you would see the cards. I would have them in front of the camera, and I would just be like, oh, I got this guy and this guy. And here's the thing. In the box, it was like every box has at least one autograph rookie card, right? My autograph rookie card was fucking <laughs> Pat Connington or Covington or whatever his name is. That dude sucks. I hate that I have his card. It's literally worth nothing except my anger. It's not a very good call. So, yeah, that video is on YouTube. So you guys want to find it, it's out there somewhere. It's, it's me unopening the pack and then just sounding devastated when I realized that's the card <laughs> that I got. Uh, yeah, $25 out the window, sir. All right, San Diego Comic-Con 2018. In a word. In a word. Underwhel- mm. Underwhelming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would venture uneventful. <laughs> uneventful. It felt like it was missing something. Now, we are going to break down a bunch of the trailers and stuff, and there definitely was a lot of cool things that we're going to talk about, for sure. But compared to previous years of San Diego Comic-Con, it just felt like it was missing something. Now, was that yeah. thing Marvel? Because Marvel, uh, you know, Disney and Marvel, they've taken a lot of their Marvel stuff, a lot of their Star Wars stuff, and they've moved it to that D23 thing that they do. That is their own branded convention. Mm-hmm. I wonder if if this was the first year where we really felt that transition. But that being said, Marvel, you know, while the cat while the uh, the cat's away, the mice will play. This gave DC Warner Brothers a lot of leg room to really show some stuff. Did they succeed? That's what we're going to talk about. But before we get to that. There is one other comic book property that has gained quite a bit of buzz as we get closer to the release date, Ooh. and that is the Shamalamalamalamalam universe. <laughs> M Night Shamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamal
throwing him in the air, tackling like an air tackle sort of situation. They're all in a mental facility at one point. We get um, the woman from Ocean's 8, who's Sarah Paulson, is her name. Sarah Paulson is there. Her name was Sarah Paulson. <laughs> her name was Sarah Paulson. Um, yeah. Now, Chris, I can't. Re- I always forget where you followed this. Have you seen Unbreakable? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love Unbreakable. Yeah, Unbreakable's great. <laughs> I do love it as well. Have you seen Split? No, I have not. Okay. Well, you gotta see Split, because... Uh, that apparently is a part of this thing now. Yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> I, I I really want to go back and watch Unbreakable also as well. We might you know, maybe we'll do like a, a a commentary either for Unbreakable or Split or maybe both. Uh, maybe get, maybe get some Patreon dollars in. Maybe should we, should we hey! do that? Hey, could do that. Sounds like a trip to the liquor stores involved. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, guys. If, by the way, if y'all want some drunk commentary on some of your favorite comic book related uh, you know IPs, let us know. We make that happen. Yeah, we'll be in. We'll be in your spot, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Glass. Uh, we get Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Sarah Paulson, James McAvoy. Looks pretty good. You don't. We just get like a little taste. You, you really don't get a full. It looks like what they're doing is maybe they're they're trying to put them in a situation where they're saying that this is all mental breaks. That none of these powers, quote unquote. None of these right. things are actually happening in the real world. That it's all in their heads. It's all psychosomatic. Um, ultimate, is that what gaslighting is? I think that's what gaslighting. Ultimately, is. I think uh, I think that it's going to prove that they do have these powers. Um, I mean, you see, you see Pr- uh, Professor X kind of running on all fours. Yeah, but you know, again, if this is all in their heads, somehow they could fake it. You know, maybe I don't know. Uh, like I said, in Split, like the dude kills a lot of people. So, like, unless those people are not really dead, yeah, I, I have to feel like it's going to be real. Uh, but here's the cool thing about Glass is that it's getting all this buzz and a lot of positive reaction for a film that um, doesn't have the 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 uh, the gravitas of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That doesn't have the panache of the DC lore and history. Mm-hmm. But get it's still getting a lot of buzz, so you know more power to them, and it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Are you looking forward to Glass? Actually, I am. Yeah, um, I kind of like to rag on. I <laughs> I like dunking on M Night Shyamalan is a favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> Just like fucking the village, fucking the happening. Are you for fucking real? Um, but at, at his core, I think he likes storytelling. And you can't fault a person for that because it's like it's like you know humans only magic trick that actually works. So at, from that standpoint, I really like whenever new IPs, whenever new narratives kind of come into the fold. So yeah, I kind of I want to see what he's got with Glass because I think Unbreakable that was his lane. He should have maybe stayed in that kind of like a that form of magical realism kind of not with the whole fucking Paul Giamatti fucking a mermaid in the pool. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. You know, Ig has, I can't recall what it is exactly. Next time we get him on the pod, maybe we can get him to bring it up for some, for whatever reason. He has a hilarious story about his brother, Rodeo, going to see yeah. that movie and having the <laughs> worst experience. Uh, I cannot recall what the specifics were, but I know it's hilarious and entertaining. So hopefully uh, we get that. Uh, we'll get that in a future episode as well. So so that that's probably the one kind of on its island Um you know, property in terms of San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. 
of course, uh, Warner Brothers, again, was in there in full effect, but not just on the comic side, not just on the DC side. No, no. They're bringing some heat on the on the on the monster side on the in terms of uh you know maybe some more sci-fi sort of oh. kind of side and for that we have a special guest uh Jay Alexis to get in on Godzilla King of Monsters and the Predator. All right, now the time to talk about some of the uh I I would say maybe hits and or miss with the Warner Brothers panel contingent in San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to hit two trailers and we've got a special guest on the show right now for us. Jay Alexis from Jay Alexis Productions. Yes, Jay, are you there? Hey, what's up? Awesome. Now, Jay, I know and Chris, I, I already know that you're there. I don't know why I'm asking again, but record scratch. Okay, no, that's fine. I mean, but no, you, no, no, you were just know. there. I wouldn't expect you to disappear. <laughs> This isn't Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ah, it's not made of ants. It's not made of ants and the Wasp with uh with ghosts. But all right, Jay, here's a, here's a, here's the thing. If I don't know if people know this about you, you are a huge, huge like honestly, personally, I think you're the biggest like horror monster movie aficionado that I personally know. This is your 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 life, your blood. Um. So that being said, we get two really uh, interesting trailers. One is old school sci-fi sort of monster, Godzilla King of Monsters. And then, um, I mean, I guess sort of monster as well, sci-fi uh, predator, you know. So let's, let's, jump into, let's jump into Godzilla King of Monsters first. Um, initial thoughts to me is that this film seemed a lot more a lot less serious and I don't mean that in a bad way but I mean it looks like it's a little more loose and a little more fun uh, this is technically still in the same universe as the Brian Cranston Godzilla movie that came out about four years ago yes um, what what before okay I'm done what, what are your initial thoughts on this trailer Millie Bobby Brown we've got uh, Kyle Chandler what, what are your thoughts well I mean Personally, I think, you know, I'm really excited because I think with the first film, it established, you know, what they're trying to do, trying to set up everything and the universe itself. Because uh, that was one thing they said before, like, OK, we're going to set up a Godzilla universe, right. which is really awesome. So when the first one came out, a lot of people were like, uh, I don't know. But I mean, you had to understand, OK, well, he's a big guy. He's walking slow and, you know, it's going to take him time. It's not like he's going to get there in a hurry, you know. And when King Kong came out, and the reason I'm bringing this up because it does, you know, bring back to what you were saying earlier, mm -hmm. is that it, I was so skeptical about it because the, the Peter Jackson version was just, just a four-hour movie that was just too long with scenes. And it was just, like, after I saw it, I felt really bummed out. Like, I was like, wow, that's... I don't know what to do. Like, I wasn't, like, depressed or anything. I was just, like, bummed. Like, okay, that was all right. So I think with Kong, it's set up, like, okay, it's going to be action. It's going to be humorous. And, yeah, it had the stereotypical 70s soundtrack, like every other movie. But I think with this one, Godzilla King of the Monsters, you know, we're going to see Rodan. We're going to see Mothra, uh, King Ghidorah. Right. You know, just all the heavy hitters, not just one character. We're going to see, like, a battle royale. Right. <clears throat> 
And it's really cool how they reference a lot of the previous films, like, you know, when he's shooting up in the radiation into the sky, it's like the previous film. Um, you know, like the old, old school, you know, Godzilla movies. So I think with this one, I think we're going to finally see just some bare-knuckle action. Just, I mean, you know, there'll be dialogue, drama, but I think we're going to see the meat and potatoes with this one. Right. Finally. Seems like maybe the... Maybe the first one was setting everything up, and here's where we start to get the payoff. Yeah, the first one was the appetizer. Here's the main course. Right, nice. Chris, uh, looking at this trailer, we do see it really features three characters, and other than the uh, than the monsters, of course. We get Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Vera Farmiga, I think is how you say her last name, and then yeah. we see Kyle Chandler kind of intersp interspersed throughout it as well coach yeah Co- coach Chandler from uh was Get it friday night lights yeah so so it looks like uh formiga's character is sort of set up like she's she's trying to do something benevolent but maybe Ultimately, her motivations may be a bit more sinister. I kind of, I kind of keyed in on one line here. Let me know what you think. She says, um, "Bringing back the what did she call them? Titans, I think, or something like that." Uh, She's like, "Bringing them back is the only way to make sure that life goes on." Yeah, I think that's a a bit vague on purpose and maybe a misdirect by her character within the film life going on not necessarily human life <laughs> yeah. uh because it seems are, are, like are you are you saying life finds a way i mean but what <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is it's it seems like toward the back end is it millie bobby brown that kind of calls her out on it and she calls her a monster she calls farmiga a monster she calls somebody off screen a monster right okay fair we you know they do some trickery with it i guess what i'm trying to get at is of what little we see of these three characters, who are you most on the human side looking forward to seeing in this Godzilla film? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not one that I'm looking at the cast right now. It's not one that you mentioned, but I'll say that for later. I guess with the three principals, uh, probably Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Just because of like, uh, what she's been able to do with Stranger Things and like uh, how yeah. pivotal she is as a character in that universe. I want to see how, how much the filmmakers kind of lean into that because I think that's a smart move. Um She's easily empathizable. Um, you right. want to, you know, kid in peril. That's always a kind of core element to any Godzilla story. Um, but, I mean, Thomas Middleditch is there? Yeah. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.? Yeah. Uh, Charles Dance? <laughs> Charles Dance? Freaking <laughs> Lannister? Tywin Lannister? <laughs> yeah, he, they had to give him the all hail the king line. Of course they Oh, did. it's so good. <laughs> Ken Watanabe? Yeah. I mean, Ken this... this there's it's, it's star packed. There's good, yeah. This is a good cast for sure. I think this could be a real fun time. And you know, Jay, you you mentioned earlier King Kong. We know that this is kind of the middle movie because we got Godzilla. We're getting Godzilla King of Monsters, and then the next one we know that they're running up to is going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. So I think that that begs a couple of things. One, Godzilla has to live through this movie if he's going to fight King Kong, right? Like. Spoiler alert. Uh, I guess he's going to have, you know. Do you, okay, Jay, do you think, because you said we got heavy hitters in this. We got we got uh, King Ghidorah. We got Mothra. We got Rodan. Do you think it's going to be a, a Godzilla versus 
all three of them? Are they going to, or is it going to be like a two on two? Is it going to be a free for all between the four of them? What do you think is going to happen in this film? Well, I mean, I did hear that there's, uh, they, they did confirm that one character from King Kong will be in Godzilla. So I don't oh. know if it's going to be something small, like a minor character or John C. Riley saying, Oh yeah, this is what we expected. So I'm not surprised. Or, you know, something like that. Right. Um, but my opinion, I want to see, I kind of want to see like a free for all, Yeah. you know? Cause I mean, they're all predators. Cause it's like, Hey, I don't want to die. I got to kill you, but you're going to kill me. So it's kind of like a, it might be like kind of a smoking aces kind of thing. Yeah. Where, nice. You know, like that reference. See them, you know, we're all going to see them go at it, but I mean, ideally it could be, cause I think they're, I think from what I'm gathering and I could be wrong is that Mothra might be on our side because Mothra comes off very almost like um, like a pet. Because I think there's a scene where Mothra is with Millie and you kind of see like almost like the innocence in both characters. Right. So kind of like, I, I think Mothra might be on Okay, side. hold on, hold on, hold on. Game changer just came to my mind. Oh, no. You ready, guys? Ready for this? You're not ready. Okay. That? No, no, no. I'm positing, what if Millie Bobby Brown turns oh, into Mothra? Oh, Jesus. She transmutates into Mothra. It's Mothra Bobby Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's her prerogative. She's wow. flying She's flying majestically. Wow. Getting through there. I'm just saying, like, no one would see that coming. I don't think that's really going to happen, but <laughs> holy hell. If somehow that <laughs> that becomes a thing. Oh, man. I doubt it. I doubt. I, okay. But I I mean I hope not. Yes. Yeah. But... <laughs> all right, I mean, man. Just I just don't want to see her riding Mothra. That's all I see. Oh, okay. So... Like a Daenerys scenario. I'm literally yeah. saying Bobby Brown turning into Mothra, though. Like she literally. Like animorphs. Like an animorphs. Yeah. Like a <laughs> like an animorph situation. But no, I don't. I don't think that's really going to happen. Let's let's leave that uh. there. Oh, uh, also, uh, yeah. One, one thing I saw when I watched the trailer uh, for the second time was Sally Hawkins is there, and yeah. I think she's at the scene where it's like she's looking at something and she's underwater. I wonder if she's thinking, "How many of these fish am I gonna have to fuck?" Wow. <laughs> uh, Shape of Water re- reset. That's nice <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen that film. Um, it's really good though. Go see it. It's a beautiful oh, film. Oh. All right, let's let's move on to the other uh, hit, uh, you know, sort of comic adjacent. But both of these characters do uh, have places in the comic universe. Oddly enough, and I, I don't know if this is still true, but Marvel for the longest time had the license to Godzilla, and there there I have not read it, but there is supposedly a comic book out there where the Avengers fight Godzilla, and Sold. need to find that because it sounds. Amazing, but let's talk about Predator. Um, yes. So this is the Shane Black Predator. Now, uh, Jay, this is again more a little bit of your real house. Am I correct that Shane Black wrote the first Predator movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, Did you write I that? Believes, let's yeah, let's look that up. So. I'm gonna look he that up. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, he definitely was in it. Yeah, he was in it, and he he was the one who kept who said the stupid jokes. He was like, "Hey, Billy," and like he would just say the stupid jokes. And he also did Iron Man three, and he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. Yeah, that Iron Man three is really divisive for people for some reason. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Hawkins, Shane Black is Hawkins, of course, in Predator. I'm trying to see if he... If he I do know that this one was co-written by Fred Decker. And Fred Decker, to me, is like an, a, a god of like 80s horror movies or 80s movies. For those um, that aren't familiar with Decker, do you, can you throw some uh, some of his maybe greatest hits or... Oh yeah, I'll say the two uh, his two classics, uh, Night of the Creeps and oh, yeah. Monster Squad. Oh okay, did Monster Squad real? Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. I love that one. So um, I mean, it's just I mean those two they know horror, they know action. So I mean, boom, we got a movie. It does look really fun. It looks. It, it seems like we're almost getting, and it's funny that we're talking about this in Godzilla, because it seems we're getting to a point with these Hollywood films where they're, they're really trying to have some fun. Yeah. You know, they're, um, they're taking themselves a little less seriously and it's, it's, it's about having just kind of a fun, thrilling experience at theater now. And, uh, maybe more of an escapist, um, experience. Chris, what stood out to you for this trailer? I know we see Keegan, uh, Michael Keegan from uh, Pian Keel. Um, any particular actor or sequence or just anything about the trailer that really stuck out for you? Mm, let me see. <laughs> well, I guess one uh, kind of funny thing, Shane Black kind of likes to put his movies around Christmas time um, for reasons known to Shane Black. Um, I guess he likes Christmas lights. Uh, I, I, I kind of I paused it because I wanted to see for sure what was going on, like what kind of time the, of the year it's taking place. And like there's a uh, middle school marquee and it says Halloween Fest coming soon or something like that. So I was like, oh, he's moving on, he's moving on to the holidays. This is great. <laughs> I can't wait to see that Shane Black like uh, Valentine's Day film. That's going to be. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so. But it, I mean, just uh, going back to that kind of the aesthetic of it, of it all, it kind of felt like uh, almost Stranger Things inspired maybe. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know necessarily that it takes place in the eighties. I don't think it does. Um, but, um, it definitely has that kind of like small town kind of feel to it. Like the kids messing around with that little toy and it activates. The, uh, ironically the enough in stranger things, it's Hawkins, Indiana oh. is the city and Shane Black played Hawkins in oh. predator. Whoa. By the way, I looked it up. Shane Hawkins, Shane Hawkins, Shane Hawkins is not Shane Black. Has did not write the first Predator film. He did write a Lethal Weapon though, so yeah, yeah Lethal Weapon two and uh, yeah. Uh, so okay, uh, Jay. Again, going back to sort of the, the in the monster realm uh, within yeah. Predator, we see very briefly, and and again, I worry that this might be a Terminator Genesis type scenario where in oh, this oh. trailer. They kind of give up the goose. Is that is that a phrase that people say? Probably not. They <laughs> they they show the predator, right? But then they show an ultimate predator, like an evolved predator, like a super predator right. that is even larger than the first predator. Okay, one, do you think the trailer made a mistake by revealing that key plot point? Two, what are your thoughts on this ultimate predator? I don't think they reveal too much. I think because I think with Shane Black, he has a tendency tendency. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, to do like almost like a, a saw ending where it's like, okay, well this is what you think you're gonna see, but there's a big twist at the end. Right. 
So I think that's what we're going to expect. I hope so. Um, but I don't think so. I think because I think it was uh, it was rumored like, oh, this is gonna, we're going to see this, we're going to see that, and they finally confirmed it, and now it's just sparking all these debates now about the I guess Uber Predator or Super Predator, if you yeah. know. And it's there's a lot of rumors saying that he or it has uh, DNA because that's what they're using. Oh, it's like splicing DNA from humans now to become like stronger or faster or whatever the case may be. Um, for evolution wise so now there's a lot of rumors like oh well is he supposed to like did he get dna from dutch from the first predator and now he's using that to mm. be more enhanced like what's going on but i mean i just I, I think my biggest worry is that not so much like the humor or anything like that i just want to see a predator movie where you know because I want to see them where you know okay the two predators go at it, but I don't want to see anyone like I don't want to see them join forces with a human, right? Um, Which we've seen, sense. we've seen in what well, Alien versus Predator films, right? Yeah, that was really hokey. The only time that it was acceptable was in the Predators movie, which is fucking amazing, by the way. Where he was like, he uh, Adrian Brody rescued that predator. He was like, hey, you know, thanks, you know, so I appreciate it. But that was pretty much it. Right, but. With the Aliens vs. Predator, that was just them sliding down that hill. Oh, later. later. We could do a whole episode on just the AVP oh, franchise. God. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a mess. Uh, but okay, so so you are you you're on board with the Super Predator? Do you like you like the look? You think? Oh yeah, that this could be something I mean, great. Anything Predator, I'm pretty much listening to. Like, right. there's a if anyone gets a chance. Um, it's a one-shot comic, but it there's a one-shot comic about Predator where he explains the gun that was given to Danny Glover in Predator 2. Ah. So if you get a chance, it's on YouTube, or you can just go to a comic store, pick it up. It's really fucking good. It explains. It's a one-shot, and it, it's really unique, and it's it's really good. But That's great. I appreciate one you tying this back into the comic book realm. I love when they do that so though, and that, that's what's so great yeah. about comic books as a medium is that they can augment all of these movie stories. They can they can augment the television shows. They can yeah. they can add in all of this detail. And like we, you know, I think on the last episode, Chris, we talked about the Stranger Things comic, right? That's coming yeah. out that can flesh out more of the story. Uh, and as long as it's well done, like that. That is a conceit, by the way, Jay. Sounds great. I really am going to try to track that book down and read it because that's I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that gun. And that sounds great. Cool. Yeah, um, the cool thing is it, it yeah. kind of comes full circle because uh, Jake Busey is in this one who's playing the son of Gary Busey's character. Oh, in too, so yeah. yeah. I guess the universe is finally coming together now. Yeah. Well, that's we're, I guess we're at that point where it's been a good 20 or so years since the original films have come out. So if you age them out in real time, you can, you can tell these interesting stories now, sort of like a 2040 a blade runner, 2049, uh, stuff like that, where you're, you know, we've gotten to the point where you're able to narratively tell these things. It's really cool. Now, Jay, before, before you, we let you go, I know you have a, a really cool event coming up. That's going to be uh, here in San Antonio, and I wanted to give you a moment. If you, uh, please let us know uh, the details of the event and what's going on there with JLX's Productions. Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I have uh, uh, me and my friend Lisa Ray. We put together the show. 
it's uh, it's a pretty big deal because we're the only place in town showing this exclusive movie. Um, it's from the American Guinea Pig Films, uh, which is just underground hardcore horror, um, not for the faint of heart. Uh, we're going to be showing, before the release date, The Song of Solomon, written and directed by Stephen Biro from Unearth Films. So that's almost like the colonel, you know, walking into KFC making you chicken. So that's how cool it is. <laughs> um, we're going to be showing it at the Amphorum on Marseille Mary's, August 12th, 7.30 p.m. It's a free event, so you don't have to buy any tickets. You don't have to show up early. You just show up, enjoy the movie. Uh, we're going to be showing that. Afterwards, we're going to have an after show with a, it's a drag show, horror-themed um, with House of Coven featuring Sean Bonet from Madhouse and House of Coven. Uh, Paradox Ray, Nova Kane, Mystery Lopez. Uh, they're going to be performing. And we also have Lita Deadly. She's going to be doing burlesque, kind of a freak show kind of thing. So music by DJ Rick Batts. And it's a pretty cool event. I mean, this is the before the release date. Um, Texas Frightmare show sold out. Uh, the premiere in LA sold out. So wow have no, yeah so it's it's big big deal and um we're gonna have costume contest for best possessed so guys <laughs> girls come on down drink specials i mean this is i mean this is a big event and it's free for everyone so. yeah that and that <laughs> i mean not to uh not to uh <laughs> uncover too much in san antonio the word free out there is paramount man san antonians love themselves a free event, for right. sure. Uh, it sounds awesome. It's, it's like you've got multiple layers of entertainment going on there with the yeah. with the burlesque show, with the drag show. You've got music. You've got the movie. And and uh, this is on August twelfth, correct? August twelfth, Sunday. Um, it'll be seven thirty. Doors open at seven thirty. We start the movie at eight, and then nine thirty is the festivities. Cool. So, yeah. If you had to, and I, I I have an inkling of the film. I did look a little bit into the background, but for the listeners out there, CBCers, and the, especially those that are local to San Antonio, how would you classify this type of horror film? Because there are a bunch of different types of sort of subgenres. Oh, I mean, it's going to make Insidious, Exorcist, Conjuring look like cartoons. Whoa. Like, you, oh, no. like, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the best way to describe it is that after I saw hereditary which is a scary fucking movie it's it terrified me to the like to the point where afterwards i was literally shaking and i wanted a cold beer and luckily i was at draft house so i was able to like okay i just like, calm my nerves down but this one it's um man it's it's very hardcore like it's not over the top goofy gore it's more like just like holy crap this is insane and it's just i mean they have fx wizards who, you know, these are like just top graduates, you know, they're amazing with their work, they're maestros, you know, and it's a really solid story. It's basically, they did a, the director did a lot of research, and this is like the closest thing to actually watching a real exorcist. So, wow. yeah, and it, it looks really good. I mean, just a lot of heart and soul went into it. And it look, I mean, if you've never seen uh, guinea pig films, they're very very graphic to the point where like this 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 looks real like it feels like, right like did i just stumble upon a snuff film kind of thing exactly like <laughs> wow like 
there was no way like there's no edits like this looks so real and you know it's a fake movie obviously but you know it's that's how good they are so i mean it's been getting a lot of rave reviews you know people uh some people couldn't make it to dallas and we're saying hey if you couldn't make it to dallas come on down to san antonio or wherever you are if you're in the area more than welcome to come by you know we're not going to stop the movie because there has been reports where people just had to like you know growing up or walking out you know freaked out and wow we are not going to stop it we're going to press play if you need to get air that's perfectly fine if you need to drink help yourself or you know but yeah so awesome yeah. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate your takes on Godzilla and Predator. Oh, oh, a soundy. Oh, Becky, you know what? And I just before we let you go, real quick, did you have a favorite moment in San Diego Comic Con this this year, twenty eighteen, SDCC? Anything? Uh, just you know what? My you, my biggest moment is probably um, the change of heart for uh, Shazam. Mm-hmm. I was I was really skeptical about it. I was like, I don't know, you know. It just yeah. it was nothing was convincing me that this movie might, you know, succeed. And I really want DC to actually come out with some great films because Suicide Squad was good, Wonder Woman was amazing. So it's like, all right, let's keep the momentum going, guys. And um, which is M. It actually changed my tone. I was like, okay, you know what? This it, I completely get it why they chose this character, why they chose that actor, or, you know, everything else. Like, okay, it's a light-hearted film, but it's also going to be action for everyone else. So I think, you know, we're kind of... It changed my whole attitude. I was like, you know what? I want to give it a shot, you know? Hopefully it does well. I really do. All right. Awesome. Well, that's actually a perfect segue, because uh, uh, Chris and I are going to be covering the Shazam and then Aquaman trailers <laughs> later on. So, Fantastic. Thank you so much again for coming on. We'll have you on in the future. Again, that's August 12th, Amp Room. Uh, hit it up. It's free in San Antonio. Everyone out there, give it a shot. Yes. Ooh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. We'll take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. You have a good one. It's always a pleasure to have Jay on the show. Make sure you guys check that uh, the, the movie premiere on August 12th at the Amp Room. We're going to be continuing our San Diego Comic-Con coverage now by talking about uh, what, you know, were probably the two most talked about comic book, at least, properties at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm talking about Shazam and Aquaman. Chris, how do you feel about tackling, trying to tackle the magical Shazam first? Tackling the magical? That should be the tagline. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, this is the thing that would be kind of like derided a little bit. You know, we kind of take the piss out of Zachary Levi for a little bit on comic characters, you know, yeah. including on photoshops or whatever. Yeah, I like but, that. But uh, it's a punchable face, dude. So punchable. I mean, it's just, you know what it is, though? It's because it, his face looks like a human, like vaguely the shape of a human head. But with like, <laughs> but with like a layer of dough skin just I mean, dropped, it, draped over. It, it looks like it would be so con- like you know, just meet your knuckles right at the right at their apex, just dig into his cheekbones. Yeah, like you could sink in there pretty pretty deep. <laughs> uh, poor Levi, what are we doing? I mean, golly, <laughs> guy probably had 
dunking on him over and over again. Maybe the, maybe the surprise trailer of SDCC, and we're just right. we're spending the first 90 <laughs> seconds just railing on him. Okay. Well, maybe that's the, the big surprise, though, because it was, like, it was really well received. Yeah. Okay, so just to give a quick overview of what the trailer is like, and of course, all these trailers and everything is the the video links are all on our Facebook page. Just search combo characters in the search bar, or uh, facebook.com forward slash nil before a pod. We have all of the trailers there. But Shazam, I I mean, I think you could argue was the most well received trailer out of everything. Maybe that and Godzilla. Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically Spider-Man Homecoming. It's DC's sort of answer. And I'm not saying that like in a derivative way. That's a good thing. Uh, It's got a really fresh kind of fun and light feel to it. Mm -hmm. Exactly what the uh, worlds of DC, I guess. (laughs) It's exactly what they needed. Your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm not that familiar with the property at all. I I guess I played them a couple times in Injustice, the the couple times I played Injustice. But, um, yeah, I I, I was amazed to hear that his powers actually come from magic. Yeah, so, yeah, he's a magical being, um, not much unlike Doctor Strange, I guess. The weird thing is is that the way his magic powers manifest, it's very in a traditional superhero, very Superman-type. You know, power set, like even the physical look of him is very Superman esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, he is magical. It's a magical being. And ironically enough, Superman is, at least in the comic books, susceptible to magic. It's one, okay. of, his we- it's one of his weaknesses. So Shazam <laughs> is one of the few characters that's able to, you know, throw throw a couple of haymakers at Superman. He's, he's got to kind of take them. Uh, yeah, so the, the the comic that it's based on is uh, Billy Batson is uh, like an orphan child. He's adopted into a family, and sort of the newer iteration of that character in the comic, he's adopted by this very progressive family where they have multiple kids from multiple ethnicities. He makes he makes he becomes good friends with with his adopted brother, uh, who is disabled as he is in the movie, and they really bond when especially when. Uh, he gets he gets bullied and then uh, Billy stands up for him and this actually is sort of the the impetus for Billy to get his powers from the wizard Shazam, who grants him the powers of Shazam. Uh, so a little bit there's just a little more of that comic explaining thing we like to do here on the, on the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's a thin line because sometimes we get we get listeners they they message in. And they're like, oh, we need, we'd wish there was more background. And occasionally we get the message where it's like, you guys talk like we're idiots. We know all this stuff. Uh, it's a line, guys. We're, we're trying. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> Interesting thing about Shazam, um, it's basically, and I, and I know I said this off the air before, it's basically big. It's yeah. <laughs> superhero big. And and people love big, and rightfully so. I mean, taking out the sort of sexual predator nature of his older woman girlfriend in the movie, like Tom Hanks's girlfriend, because, <laughs> I mean, she's essentially dating a 12-year-old boy, but... Uh, listen, listen, it, it was a different era. It was a different era. 80s were different. <laughs> but people love big. It's beloved franchise, beloved film. It's not a franchise, but it's a beloved film. Uh, so if you, if you crib from that, and you crib from... Spider-Man Homecoming. And all I got to say is they better have that piano sequence <laughs> in this movie. If you don't, you're just throwing away money. You're just throwing it, it out the window. Is it going to be uh, Shazam uh, and his 
disabled brother doing it? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... I mean, we're going to get an interesting rendition of Chopsticks if that's the oh, case. Oh, no. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he's got, he's got the two legs and the two poles. The so brother could probably do it by himself. He could do, like, multiple keys. He gets some good harmonies going. That's some disabled positivity. Okay, we, 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 we punch upwards here on combo characters. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, uh, the trailer looks like um, it looks like it's a 90s superhero movie. Like, kind of in the Meteor Man or the <sighs> Blink Man kind of mold, yeah. uh, which those were, you know, those were kind of a little on the stupid side, but they make they were stupid fun. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. DC needs to learn to fucking up, fucking loosen up, this lighten up a little. A hundred percent agree. This feels like a 180 from Man of Steel, where everything is so serious. That film is so so serious, and this <laughs> you, is. You... You imagine there's a reverse order of the of the adjective, and <laughs> just said Steel Man. <laughs> Steal of man for no reason. <laughs> Wouldn't even make sense grammatically, but who cares? Yeah, but Zachary Levi looks surprisingly comfortable in the role. I, yeah. you know, he's not exactly a leading man by any means. And thinking about it now, I feel like maybe DC was trying to kind of hopefully grab the next Chris Pratt. Hmm. This sort of goofy guy. You've never seen him really in a leading role, but maybe he's got that magic pun firmly intended uh maybe he's got that magic in him too to make something more you know to be something a little bigger on screen i don't know if he's that i don't know if if that's going to be the case with zachary levi but he does look comfortable and it it, yeah. it looks like it fits so i'm all for it and also granted we're these grown-up nerds and a lot of people that watch these movies both in the mcu and the world of dc we're all a lot of us are grown-up nerds but if you're like a 12-year-old kid, 12, 13, 14 years old, I bet this movie looks so fun. Yeah. I mean, I bet this just looks like your dream come true. Like, <laughs> when you daydream and just think, like, God, if I only had superpowers, I could fuck around with my friends. Like, it would be amazing. <laughs> That's what this movie is. I think I think it's going to be a big hit with the, with the teen crowd. The young ones? Yes, the young ones. <laughs> the young ones. Eddie, the, yeah, we're sold. You know, it's, it's interesting... Uh, because I think Shazam really stay, does a good job of staying in the wheelhouse of what it is. Like you said, it has a very 90s kind of light and fun feel. Mm -hmm. um, even though ultimately I think Shazam's going to end up finding, fighting Mark Strong's character and it's probably going to be an end of the world scenario to some extent. It, it does... Man, there better be like a blue light in the sky. <laughs> it's gonna destroy us all. That's what I, I mean. Want. I feel like DC Warner Brothers have stock in the blue light in the sky <laughs> uh, platform, the IPO. <laughs> they're they're pumping money into that. But the reason I make I'm making a point about Shazam, it really feels like it's in its wheelhouse. Yeah, it's um, almost like you're it's almost like you're, you're laying the foundation for some uh, callbacks later. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it's almost as if I'm trying to. Uh, Segway my way. Oh, look at that! Into uh, another property where I feel like they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot, maybe too much. And the question I have is this: Uh huh. Is it possible to plagiarize your own properties if you're <laughs> a movie studio? Oh, this is interesting. Like, I mean, because back in high school. I used to like uh, instead of like having the requisite number of sources, I used to like make up a source, 
And I'm like, hey, there's no way I'm plagiarizing because this source doesn't exist. It's just me. Right. Uh, <laughs> Can you plagiarize yourself? Not really. I mean, I just created it. Right, you yeah. Created I don't know. I don't know. The reason That's I bring a good this question. up. The reason I bring this up is the other trailer is Aquaman. Okay. And one mm-hmm. sequence that we see in Aquaman is a little aqua lad, little aqua child. <laughs> aqua in, the, in the aquarium. Also, just real quick aside, how fortuitous that we're talking about this now. Just like within the last 24 hours, somebody stole a shark from the San Antonio Aquarium. Oh. <laughs> is Aquaman already? Is this part of the viral marketing campaign for Aquaman? This is an ARG that's know. gone on too long. That's Yeah, that's what I want to know. I'm going to get them on the phone next time. I want to see if the San Antonio Aquarium has any comment. They've been giving, maybe getting funding from Warner Brothers. It's all a big, it's all wool over our eyes over here in San Antonio. Seriously, though, I can't believe somebody stole a shark. Like, only in San Antonio. In a baby stroller. Only in San Antonio or possibly Florida. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I don't want that distinction. We can't become an annexation of Florida. Uh, I mean, granted, we've had a chimp kind of running loose in the San Antonio airport. Uh, That was dealt with (laughs) very quickly. Uh, The shark's back. They got the shark back. So, you know what I think even happened, though? I don't think they got the shark back. I think they snuck in a second similar shark. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Right. It's like when the when the kid has a goldfish and it dies, and then you just sneak in the second goldfish, and they're right. like, oh, the goldfish is right there. It's fine. It's totally... <laughs> they just ran up to Bucky's and got some of those gummy sharks and just threw them in the tank. Yeah. I thought we were in trouble there, but we're told we're fine. It's fine. Uh, but the reason that, okay, so Aqualad is in the aquarium. Yeah, he's he's getting bullied or whatever. He's getting harassed. He mind melds with the aquatic life forms in the tank. The shark comes and starts oh, right. banging into the glass. This is straight out of one Mister H Potter, <laughs> Mister Mister Harry the, Potter, the, the sorcerer, the star seeker for Gryffindor. Oh yeah, the star, the one and youngest only. in the century, youngest in the century, Mag- McGonagall. Breaking the rules. First years are not supposed to have brooms, but somehow he has a broom. By the way, and then I'm st- okay. We're totally stealing this. I'm stealing this. From, yeah. And I know it's another podcast, but you guys need to. Go, if you like Harry Potter, listen to the binge mode podcast on the Ringer Network. They're doing an amazing job with Harry Potter. They have this whole aside thing where um, McGonagall. They call her Megalian. After the uh, money, the wizard money, because she's in the betting ring, okay? She's got it hard. She's trying to play the parlay. She's got her <laughs> hooks into Harry Potter. She know she knows what she's got there. If you swallow the snitch, still counts. It's on your person. Uh, rule book never says like inside intestinal tract is not inside your not inside your hand. It, it doesn't say that. You got to yeah. cover the spread somehow. Come on, got to cover that spread. Megalian, man, seriously, binge mode. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, where are we going? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they, just, they just stole this from from the Harry Potter universe. Maybe J.K. Rowling should be mad. Maybe, maybe oh, this shit. is J.K. beef at this point. Here's the thing. Okay, we'll, we'll go a little more into detail about the Aquaman trailer, but I just want to give my initial thoughts, and then, of course, Chris, feel free yeah. to jump in. Yeah. The trailer looks good. It doesn't look bad. There's a lot of stuff happening in this trailer. Like, so many different action beats. Uh... It's doing a lot. You know, we say that yeah. a lot on this podcast, but it really is doing a lot. And the, the other main concern I have is that this trailer, there are parts of it where the movie's being compared to 
The Phantom Menace. What? Okay, so if you're a film, movie, a film, a franchise, the last thing you want in this world is to be uttered in the same sentence as a Phantom Menace or even possibly Attack of the Clones. These are these are radiated properties that you do not want to be anywhere near. <laughs> but yet we have these underwater city shots that are a bit reminiscent of Phantom Menace. I mean, did I miss some Gungans in the hanging out in a corner somewhere? Could be. I mean, is that the is that the cameo you want? Because it's, <laughs> it's the cameo WB deserves. I mean, if Stan Lee was in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies movie, right. then, uh, <laughs> I guess you can have Jar Jar hanging out in the Aquaman, Aquaman movie. I think the special effects look pretty good for the most part. Uh, th- we get to see a, a very brief shot of the trench, which in the comic is like this, this like, uh, it's almost like uh, like the Bermuda Triangle, but with inside the ocean. Where oh. it's just it's just like no one anyone who enters never gets out like you you die you die in the trench, and and there's these like species that live there that are just ravenous and 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 they're monsters you know so that that seems really cool and they could do so many great things with this property mm-hmm. uh, that they haven't done with anything else you know I I think on the Justice League. Review. You talked about how Aquaman is literally a fish out of water. Yeah, he's hardly ever in the water in that film. So, I mean, what are your <laughs> thoughts? It's just they should play. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Justice League that kind of goes sideways pretty quickly. I mean, I think it could have used more Ukrainian families. Um, how yeah, is yeah. It, do do other people have cans of raid with which to fight off these uh, <laughs> these demon bugs? <laughs> the parademons, yeah. It's, there we go, parademons. Um, I was like, parasite? That's not it. Dimension beans? That's not it either. Um, yeah, it's just he was a. He's kind of like Lobo in that movie. <laughs> he's uh, right yeah. on the hoods of cars, screaming yeah. So he, so, yeah. he should. I been. mean, <laughs> he he might have uh, he might have had his own theme song in that movie. It might have been something like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. Okay, like, if there were ever a song that personified a character, <laughs> this iteration of Aquaman, the Momoa Aquaman, is absolutely that song. Instead that of Get is... Down With The Sickness, it might be Get Down With The Slickness. Down, that's, very, like, that's, good. that's good. Listening, kind of moist. Oh. areas. Anyway, uh, all I'm saying, though, is, I don't know, with this character, it seems like, since, you know, <laughs> talking about you know, characters that you dunk on fucking, uh, uh, robot chicken is dunked on Aquaman for the past like decade and a half. Oh yeah. They've got like a 30 minute clip of just, of just Aquaman jokes online. Yeah. Just lambasted up and down. This character is kind of like, I mean, that's robot chickens, robot chicken. I don't know if like, uh, adult swim is actually (laughs) not, but it's pretty much a blank slate. You could, this is a new creation myth, a new origin story. Start however you want. I think, He's a fun part of Justice League. You should mm-hmm. continue that fun streak. If you leaned into it, if you went maybe more Thor Ragnarok with this whole first attempt at bat, then Excellent. I think that might be a, a better better choice. It, it seems to be like they're trying to replicate Games of Thrones under underwater. A little bit. Like, they've got a little bit of that. I think there's a line in there where it's like they mention some character and then they say, you're half-brother. And I'm yeah. like, nobody talks like that. You would never, that's, unless you're trying to specifically exposition a scene, like, 
there's like no, asshole. I know who my half brother is. Like you wouldn't need to say that. So it's kind of weird. Maybe that's an ADR line for the trailer. I I don't know. Uh, uh I hope so. I mean, I don't I don't know what they're doing. But they make a lot of bad choices. So who knows? I mean, it could that could just be how it is. The uh, we see uh, Mira and 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 her hair is so red. <laughs> it's so very very red. Uh, and I haven't I've... thought. Yeah, what was that? No, it's just vibrant. It's out there. It's very vibrant. I I have a thought on it, which is so I've 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 talked to some of my friends, some of my female friends, and they are all on board the Momoa train. By the way, with this trailer, they're super psyched <laughs> and good for them. Cool. I think the red hair, the vibrant red hair, might uh-huh. be tapping into another segment of the nerd population, which is. Uh, you know, maybe the kind of shy guy who likes, uh, you know, maybe he likes him a good redheaded lady. I, I, I feel personally attacked here. I mean, I am attacking you, so. <laughs> Accurate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I kid, I kid, but like, uh, they do make her very visually striking with that hair. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a bad choice necessarily, because I think, I think that really makes her stand out and it's a pivotal yeah. character. So, so good. I just hope that they make her actions and her personality and her dialogue up to par with the rest of it. That's true. I mean, if she's going to be jumping out of planes, you're going to be able to, you're going to have to need a spotter in the landscape somewhere <laughs> somehow. <laughs> that so. scene looks really Without weird. Without a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that scene looks weird to me. And that, that's a bit, that's a, that's a bit of this thing about this movie. I think, uh, is it James Wan? Is the director? Mm-hmm. I think he's a very capable director. Maybe some of these sequences aren't fully finished on the FX side. No, oh, right. Because I thought that sequence looked a little weird. There are certain spots, and we're going to be talking about another uh, trailer at, on the back end of this that I, I think we're going to have similar thoughts on. It just didn't feel like everything was fleshed out at all times, and mm-hmm. it was a bit uneven in terms of how this movie looks. But it, I would say at this point, it does. It looks good. It's, it's, it looks like it's going to be a good film. I'm not worried about it the way I have been with a lot of other of the world of DC properties. However, it could still go sideways at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, we just I mean, kind of keep on like hammering DC, but like just fucking make an enjoyable film. Yeah, it's something like, you know, they did in Teen Titans Go, the movie. Like, why can they do it in every other, like, media possible? In the comics, in the video games, in the animated movies. (laughs) They have a fantastic radio play. Yeah, their their one-man show off-Broadway is (laughs) tremendous. It's magnificent. Magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) Who Who would you pay money? Who would you pay New York Broadway money? Uh, to go see a one character show of, oh, absolutely the the uh, the collector. Oh yeah, Benicio del Toro just for an hour and a half doing whatever it is he's gonna do. <laughs> yes, over the over the the uh, fucking Jeff Goldblum. I forget what his name was. Oh the uh... oh great. See you you pushed it on to me. It's yeah, contagious. The. He wasn't the collector. He was the brother of the collector. Grandmaster. No, no that's not it. Grandmaster. Um, huh? Yeah, the the Toblerone, the um, the cookie cookie monster. He was a cookie monster. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I would like to see an odd couple. Uh, oh, both of them with for them. sure. I yeah. would go oh, all in. Let's give me that movie. <laughs> give that a give that a twelve episode Netflix series. <laughs> All right, moving on, just real quick, there wasn't a lot to this one, but we just wanted to cover it really quickly. We did see some images of Wonder Woman 19. There right, you go! Mm. They really That's knocked it, it out That's of the park. They, locked, they knocked it out of the park with that theme. It's so good. Wonder Woman uh, 1984. So that kind of begs the question. Obviously, it's set in the 80s, but are they... <laughs> Are they? Are they? I think they've they've done something a bit dangerous here because when you say 1984, you automatically think of that the George Orwell book. Yeah, and if, hard not if, to. If they lean into the themes of that book and they overdo it, there's a there's a real easy way for this film to come out very dry and uh, unentertaining. Mm-hmm. If they don't give it enough screen time and enough nuance, people are going to be like, well, why did you even call it that? Why why are you going to draw these comparisons if you're not even going to follow through? So they have a, they, they, I feel like they've put themselves in kind of a, an odd position here. Also, on some level, maybe they're just trying to build off the success of things like Stranger Things. Hmm. You know? Trying to get the little spooky element in there? <laughs> man you you know you shit on soundy so much but oh, I, I don't trust him for shit but this he's, guy he's coming through uh what are your thoughts on the on the few shots that we've seen for wonder woman it was just like some still shots i mean i think they yeah. showed something at, at an all age but we haven't they didn't release that publicly oh we're not the privileged sweaty few that making it at all age um <laughs> i don't know it's um if if we're following kind of the template of what Captain America did, uh, which kind of you can make a point that uh, Wonder Woman pretty much was just like first Avenger, but set in World War One, um, then this is this should be like they're aiming for something you know, like conspiratorial, right, going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're doing Winter Soldier, I don't know. Yeah, I think that might be a kind of a weird move because uh, you have you have a couple of characters that are really really well defined in Winter Soldier. You have like uh, um, Natasha to play off of, and um, you don't have that, I think, going to Wonder Woman 84 because all of her friends from the first one are dead, pretty much. Yeah, are super uh, old. Super old. Uh, I mean, Chris Pine might be back because uh, rumors, you know, I guess not rumors, he's been cast in this movie again, right? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if Steve Trevor Jr. Uh, is able to help her out. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to, like, there's not enough to go on, I guess. We have to wait and see. Yeah, it's. You know, we we definitely wanted to bring it up because it's something uh, the the people the, there was some buzz coming out of it. I almost wonder. I get again. I totally get why Warner Brothers wanted them wanted this out there. They seem to have with Marvel being gone. They seem to have really stole the show, quote unquote, this year. But I almost wonder. Like, there's not enough. There's just not yeah. enough to really show anything. And I wonder if they maybe. <clears throat> they jumped the gun a little bit. They couldn't. Disney they they couldn't Jeff. show us. <laughs> they they actually couldn't show us any of the invisible jet. So yeah. Oh yeah. You know you know who would be real interested in that invisible jet though. Who's that? Uh, Commander in chief, Mister uh, President <laughs> Donald Trump. Apparently thinks that F thirty fives are actually invisible. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, so that's... see, I try to I try to <laughs> avoid 
as much a... like real life news as possible. So this is just bringing bringing my levels all the way down, dude. I, I mean, not, see, you hear what you did? Are those That's not good? Are those submarines invisible? Jesus! Ah, they're coming! All right, not to get political. I did, but I saw that just a second ago, like when I was looking stuff up that popped up on my and I just watched the video. He anyway, it's. Oh, it's interesting. That's uh, not how stuff. Jesus Christ! Uh, that's, not, that's not how stuff works. This isn't what Jimmy Fox died for. Oh no, dude, that movie is. Whew. I mean, you know, if they want to torture some people that they that they arrest or whatever, <laughs> throw some stealth at them. Make them watch <laughs> stealth for like forty eight hours straight. <laughs> we all have human rights activists all over the world coming to the gates because oh, that is a terrible film. All right. Closing out the Warner Brothers portion of San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, I have. Oh yeah, I see it. Two words for you, for all <laughs> the listeners around the world and the thousands in attendance. There's no one here. It's just me. It's just you. Wow. <laughs> Let me relive my my mid '90s WWE days, attitude WWE attitude era. Oh my God! It's Kane. No wait, that's still cold. But you get it. <laughs> it's the rattlesnake, man. We got two words for ya. Fuck Batman. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> that's the wrong words. What are you talking about? Uh, also, unless, while we're at it, Catwoman. That's the wrong words. Whoa. <laughs> Also, while we're at it, uh, Funk Uncle Funk. Yeah, Funk Uncle wow. Ben. <laughs> I can't say it. You know why? I think my brain stops me from saying the actual <laughs> thing. Because like, my brain's like, no. Like, nah, nah, you don't mean the homie. You don't say that. Uncle Ben's now, great. All, all I'm picturing is Uncle Ben with like a, a jazz bass just slapping nice. shit. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he could slap the bass just fine. Ask Aunt May. What up? Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Uh, What else we got? We could say, uh, it was Cat's America? Fuck America, I guess is what he would Uh, say. Uh, Fuck Castle Grayskull. Oh, He-Man. Fuck the power. He wouldn't want it. Um, (laughs) That sounds like a public enemy song. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Voltron, fuck forming the blazing sword. Oh no! <laughs> Which is the worst thing of all time. You always got to form the blazing sword every time. It's so good. It's so good. So- it would be like Harry Osborne saying, "Fuck pie that tastes so good." <laughs> I thought he'd better say "fuck MJ," but then that's actually like a plot point. That's just the thing he wants to do. Yeah. Okay, we're digressing. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Titans. Here's the thing. Uh, it doesn't look good. Okay, right off the bat. It doesn't look good. The more, the more disconcerting thing is that this is the first live-action show that is being shown in the DC... I don't even know what they're calling it. It's like the DC streaming service. The you Borg. Pay, if you pay, I think, $70 or $75 for the first year, you get three extra months, which is cool. I think it basically works out to about $5 a month. Okay, you get a lot of cool stuff. You get, I think, they send you action figures, exclusive action figures, or you have the option of buying those, uh, which you could then flip on eBay, probably. <laughs> you you, uh, 
you get uh, access to their entire digital comics library. That sounds awesome. There's a lot of great stuff. I think we mentioned Hush earlier, right? That would be yep. on there. Uh, you you get all of the movies, the the good Christopher Reeve Superman movies. You get to Burton Batman. You get probably <laughs> the Christopher Nolan stuff. You get Freddy reading everything in a whisper. That <laughs> makes it worth it. Yeah, it makes it worth it. You get uh, you get the Linda Carter, Wonder Woman <laughs> show from the seventies with an invisible jet. Awesome, awesome. That's all great. The other big selling point is that you're supposed to get these live action programs that they are making in house. Swamp Thing, I believe, is Zatanna thing, which would be great. Harley Quinn, maybe Constantine, and mm. Titans. Right? Who doesn't love the Teen Titans? Apparently, the creator of the Titans show. That's right. <laughs> this what a villain. thing looks like a hot piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. Chris, it, your it might even be. I, I think you're totally right. It looks like the juice that's collected on the bottom of your garbage bag, and that, that kind of leaks out onto your foot as you take out the garbage. A little bit. That's what. That's what this is. Uh, A little bit. <laughs> It makes me appreciate Teen Titans Go so much more. <laughs> I mean, coming from somebody who hated the character design redo. Um, yeah. Because at least in Teen Titans Go, those characters are still those characters. Uh, we might be a little bit more jokey, but um, at the core, that's who Raven is. That's who Starfire is. That's not visible here. Uh, yeah, she, this... is, she is definitely the alien queen. so Or the alien princess. So... <laughs> You know, here's the. So we see straight off, we see Robin, uh, say, fuck Batman. We see him, like, gun down a bunch of dudes in the alley, which. Yeah, wow. Uh, last I checked, that's the origin of Batman. So you're, <laughs> you're essentially Batman's greatest villain. Good job. Oh, shit, dude. What if you just. A galaxy brain moment. Mm -hmm. uh, what if that's the only way to make the world a better place? Just create more superheroes. Oh, okay. So, so he's. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, dude! That's really I think I the just box. became a supervillain. Okay, I mean, yeah. Oh shit! Wow. Wait, actually, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty cool treatment for a film. Like, maybe right, I got it. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm already at work. Um, Again, uh, to Kevin Feige. <laughs> There's so I don't even know what to say about this thing. Uh, you know, we originally we talked about we saw those on set shots that were kind of like in between takes. And they looked bad, and everyone lost their shit. And we're like, wait, guys, just calm down, wait, let's see how this turns out. It could be better than you think. You know what? I want to formally apologize Whoa. to all of the CBCers out there. Y'all right. I'm wrong. Holy hell. <laughs> but by the way, also, scale back the, the vitriol towards the, the actress that's playing uh, Oh, Starfire. poor Anna Job. Yeah, like... It, get the racism part out of it. I mean, it's a bag of shit, but it, you don't need to be racist about it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't. Uh, I had. I feel like I had a lot more to say about this, but it's just. It, it looks terrible. Raven it's a, it's looks a, like yeah, a it's bad a... cosplayer. It's just. <laughs> no, Raven looks like she needs to wake up inside. Oh, <laughs> she God. can't wake up. She should wake up. <laughs> Dude, She's robbing to save her. We need someone to save her. <laughs> okay, so... 
Okay, like, we live in San Antonio. San Antonio is notorious for taking, like, bands that were really popular, like, in 1992, like, 1999, and just staying in that wheelhouse and then just trotting them out year in and year out. What are the odds that Evanescence comes down to San Antonio? Oh. Oh, 300%. What are the odds that two non-famous at all podcasters go to that show and then just start singing Titans related lyrics, oh, Raven shit. lyrics over the Evanescence songs. <laughs> you have any idea how much, how much, how many Lone Stars you have to drink to get that drunk? Listeners, Maybe like one and a half. We've, <laughs> we've, been, we've been teasing a Patreon. Is this our first great Patreon adventure? Maybe stay tuned. Titans. Okay. I You know what? I don't want to give any more time to it. I, it's it's terrible. It looks terrible. Maybe I'm. I think I'll give it maybe one episode. Wow, just, really? Just to. I mean, I watched Iron Fist, right? So like, just yeah, I did watch the first season of that. All, like one all episode of Titans, and we'll see. But yeah, I I think oh. the overall resounding uh, uh like a uh, response to it has been. Ah, yo, boom. Ah, ah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Man's all, that, all that diarrhea. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. Now, because of the way this particular episode is getting has been recorded or is getting oh, recorded. True believers. Yeah. Another Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah. The trials we, and tribulations of this episode. We get yeah, no, I'm not getting to all that. I will have a nom style flashback. <laughs> but it did afford us one really cool opportunity. We're normally and granted, we know everyone, you you all are reacting like freaking kittens and catnip bin. Whatever, I don't know. That's not a real saying. Whatever. No, it is not, it. Kittens in a catnip bin, right? Sounds good. People are loving this Venom. There's a there's a huge reaction to this Venom trailer. Maybe not all loving it, but there's, there's just a huge reaction. So the, that did drop. We have seen it. We're going to actually talk about it right now. Real quick, before we jump into that, mm. I did want to give a shout to one Mr. John Schnepp, who unfortunately passed away. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's something we meant to mention earlier. Uh, John, John uh, was on Collider.com. Yeah, they did a tremendous amount of videos on YouTube. In fact, if you want a pretty pretty cool production in up up to the date news about just movies in general, uh, Collider offers a lot. But Schnepp was there, uh, one of my favorite hosts on the show. It was the biggest nerd in the group, especially comic wise. He was also the director of. The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. It's a documentary about uh, about a uh, about the, the, the 90s Superman movie with uh, directed by Tim Burton that was supposed to star Nicolas Cage. And uh, it was really great. So you should watch that. But our, rest in peace to, to Mr. John Schnepp and his, his family. Yeah. Uh, okay. No no easy segue there. Chris, do you have no, any I thoughts mean, on Schnepp? Yeah. No, I mean, it's always uh, an online presence like that can't really be replicated. Um, it, it always feels great when there's actual people who are invested in the, the subjects they cover, kind of covering those subjects. And, and uh, it's we try to recreate it as best we can here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it sucks no matter how you slice it. Yeah. 
two uh, passed away far too young at the age of 51. Um, but he leaves a, a legacy, as he would say, a legacy of sweaty nerds uh, that will champion his cause moving forward, including us. On that note, Venom. Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom has dropped their most recent trailer. And the internet is ablaze with, you know, and I, I don't think they're doing this on Twitter. It's a missed opportunity. Hashtag we are Venom. Oh, yeah. Like, like make the whole community part of it. We are Venom. That's his tagline. That's what he says. Venom does two things. He says we and he eats people's faces. <laughs> and he does both of those both of those things in this trailer. So, uh, Chris, initial thoughts on this Venom trailer. We see a whole lot of the symbiote uh, more than I was uh, thinking we might. Um, they're getting kind of like a... They're showing off. They're showing off with the CGI skills a little bit. I think um, back when we uh, discussed this with Richard uh, when he was on the podcast, uh, I was kind of like, you know, maybe this is uh, – maybe they're going to Jaws Venom. Maybe they're going to have him not show up for most of the movie, just like flashes here and there. Maybe a shadow from Eddie Brock. That would be kind of cool. But, um, he, you know, he's not going to pop up. They're not going to rely on CGI that much. Nope. Uh, <laughs> 180 from that for this new trailer. Uh, it looks like CGI heavy. It almost looks like it's gonna be um, like the the, the scientist dudes creating multiple symbiotes out right. there in the world. So there's a, there's a symbiote uh, by the name of Riot, um, and it looks like that's gonna be the the uh, I guess the antagonist to the to the Venom's character, to the villain. Yeah, I mean, who knows where the villain and hero line lies? I think they I think part of the tagline is the world has enough superheroes. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, kind of reminiscent of Suicide Squad, actually. So I don't <laughs> know if that's a good thing or not. But yeah, there's Riot. There's word that there might be Carnage might be in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, Symbiote Battle Royale seems like a pretty fucking cool idea. So yeah, that's yeah. The, I'm all that's for That's the route they're going with that. That'd be cool. Here's the, here's the, I love Tom Hardy. Okay. He's yeah. great in Dunkirk. I'm a little like, I don't know. I, you know, we talked about this off air. He seems a bit stiff in this trailer. It, it's kind of weird. It's, it might, it's yeah. just me. No, no, no. He's got some sort of muddled New York accent going on that might contribute a little bit to it. But yeah, yeah I mean, is he more. He seemed more relaxed as Bane. Yeah, yeah. They did, no, they did a Venom trailer at San Diego Comic Con, not trailer, a panel, and and Hardy was there. Um. And he, he really seems to like this character, and he seemed to really get into it. Uh, you know, the so maybe maybe it's just the way the trailer looks. I'm I'm sure he does a fine job. I feel like a lot of this movie and the trailer are going to be judged based on the special effects, mm. especially if they're not going to, as you say, jaws the movie. Well, when we see this trailer, I gotta say it's a bit uneven. Not unlike Aquaman. There are times when Venom looks amazing. There's a sequence where he's kind of coming off of, I think, Eddie Brock's body, or or something is happening, and he's like, he's really dispersed and very big and mm-hmm. sort of pulled apart, and it looks great. There's another one where you see Venom full Venomed out, and he's like holding a guy in the street. Also looks amazing. I believe you pointed out that there's a sequence where like the venom head kind of splits off and talks to. Yeah, that's like a over the shoulder type thing. Yeah, that 
Not so much. That one doesn't look as quite as good. I believe there's a sequence where he makes the venom blades, like the axes or whatever, with his arms, mm-hmm. which is really cool. That's in the comic, and hey, awesome, awesome, awesome. It's even in I think the video game. But it looks, uh, it looks not that great. And then the, the one, the most egregious example for me, there's a sequence where Venom licks some dude's face, <laughs> and it literally looks like the tongue isn't even touching his face, but the guy's like <laughs> moving his face, like it's if right. there was something touching his face. And I was like, oh, that that's not great. And you put that in the trailer. That's the thing that concerns me. Is like that doesn't look good, but you put it in the trailer anyway. You didn't have to, right? What are your thoughts? It, um, it's still in. It's well, that principle's done. It's in post production now, um, so they can. There's still time to fix up some of the CGI. They, I mean, it's costly. It's gonna require a, a page more of credits, on the credit roll. But um, yeah, they can. They can address some of these issues that they want to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, again, I, I want to know what Sony's mindset is going into this movie. Like, do they just want to get first dibs on Venom? They just want to have that out there, so it's part of their Spider Verse thing they got going on, because it's an association with Marvel. They put that on the trailer too. Mm-hmm. Um, is this character going to cross over into the MCU at all? We know Tom Holland's going to be a part of this movie, so. Well, see, uh, that's the thing that was originally rumored, and people said they saw him on set. But then uh-huh. they asked somebody at Sony, and they said, and in Marvel, and they were like, "No, this is not, he's not in it." Really? So I almost right. wonder if that's a misdirect, though, where they're just saying that so that we get more surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> or it's maybe they did decide to just completely cut that part out. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's the thing about Venom. You know, unlike a bunch of other Spider-Man villains, Venom's origin is so closely tied to Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Right. If you remove that completely, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's a really weird choice. It's not like this isn't like Electro or Mysterio, just some other villains that sort of exist. They, they could exist with almost any other superhero. Like literally the Mysterio could exist with the Flash. Are you, are you, you telling me we're going to get a big wheel standalone? <clears throat> I mean, you can only hope, right? <laughs> when are you going to start that Kickstarter? I know you've been working on it. Uh, but Venom, I mean, Venom is supposed to be the dark foil for Spider-Man. So, <clears throat> pardon me, it's just really weird. It's really weird that they're if they're going to fully separate it from the Spider-Man mythos. Yeah, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting choice and one I definitely would not have made. Yeah, there's so much stronger as like direct foils. You definitely want both of them. Yeah. On the, on the other hand, like I said, internet is buzzing it's a flutter it's a it's a flame to this venom it's a it's kittens in a catnip drawer kittens in the catnip drawer yeah the the internet reaction is huge and that has to make sony happy because no almost no amount of marketing can generate that that very visceral like authentic genuine buzz that just comes from stuff being on the internet that people like so, yep. Any final thoughts on Venom? Um, hmm. <coughs> the the we are Venom. Did uh, could, are they not doing that now because we are Groot? Is such a thing? Uh, maybe. But I feel like it's been enough years. Like, just yeah. do it. 
We Are Venom is like We Are Venom existed way before We Are Groot did. Well, to tie back to the beginning of the podcast, uh, We Are We Are Groot is uh, trending or was uh, trending a little bit. Oh, because of the go, letter, because of the yeah, right. because of the letter. Mm, yeah, no, but I think you. I think there, it's the internet. There's room. You could have put We Are Venom. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe you know they still have time. Maybe they do it somewhere later on into the campaign. Right, right before the movie comes out or whatever. Is that DC's tagline going forward with the with the world of DC? The world of DC. There's still time. Yeah. Give us money, please. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess we were remiss last time. Uh, we did a we did one of these, but Big Wheel Award. Oh yeah, Big Wheel Award. Yeah, it's your turn. What do you got? Uh, all right, big wheel word, uh, big big wheel award. If I can get it out, uh, goes to the property or the character that's doing the most, uh, but accomplishing the least, and it has to be Robin from Titans. <laughs> yeah, being all broody as a motherfucker, throwing that uh, that R. He's like, oh, fuck this R. <laughs> yeah, it's not aerodynamic at all. Uh, <laughs> like the weight distribution on that R as a throwing weapon is. Not great. I don't know what he's doing there. Yeah. They should just call it Edge Lord the show. <laughs> Edge Lords. <laughs> Edge Lords of Justice. Yeah. Good congratulations, uh, Robin, for winning the Big Wheel Award of of the week. Yeah. Thousand percent. All right. Well, until next time, we know this was a long one. Thank you everyone for hanging in there with us. We hope we covered everything you wanted to hear about. If we did not Hit us up on iTunes with a review. Let us know. Uh, like five stars there, please. But hit us up on Facebook or on uh, Twitter. You know, let us know what you want us to cover. If any, we missed anything, let us know what your thoughts are on any of these properties. Do we get it wrong? Let us know. Until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Stay wong strong.